Hey guys, welcome to Deathmatch News Radio. Episode. This is going to be episode number 17. We are recording on January 30th and 29th, respectively. Um, I am joined, thankfully, by my co-host, Mike. Uh, Mike took a pretty hard bump, and he's been out of action for a little while. Uh, Mike, say hi to the people. Let them know how you're doing. Hey, folks. This is uh, Mike. Uh, I'm, doing, uh, I'm on the road to recovery. I'm still in the hospital, probably for... At least till the end of this week. Hopefully, maybe next week I can come back. I, I had to have a little brain surgery here about a week and a half ago because uh, I had a brain bleed. I had a seizure at home. And I fell. I don't know. We don't know if it was from that or before that, but I had a bleed in my brain, and they actually had to rush me in and do emergency surgery. And I, when I fell, I smashed my nose and I broke out a bunch of teeth. So, uh, you know, on top of my accident I had, I've been having a heck of a time. But, you know, they did a good job. Uh, you know, last week this time, well. You know, last week, Monday this time, my doctor called my family and said I wouldn't make it. So I'm actually doing great compared to where I was. They downgraded me uh, to intensive care. Um, they're actually thinking about tomorrow, just put me in a regular room. Um, so, yeah, I definitely, uh, you know, I had people come up from California because they thought it was going to be the end. And uh, I guess I'm a stubborn bastard and I wasn't ready to go yet. Uh I really wanted to see uh, the next Ian Rotten card promoted, so I had so I had to kind of continue on in my life. So thank you, Ian, you cheap fucking bastard. But uh, you know I'm doing okay. Um, we're doing physical therapy. Thankfully, there doesn't appear to be any severe brain damage. I'm having some problems with my reflexes and things, but we're doing PT every day. And God willing, maybe next week this time I might be doing this from home. Awesome. You know, but I'm not rushed. I'm not rushing anybody. I'm. Last time I kind of rushed, maybe I rushed a little quick to go home, and now I'm just kind of listening to doctors, and I want to go home and stay home. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't know. Yeah, take your time, man. I had an aunt who did that. She rushed home, and it didn't work out well. So, yeah, take your time, man. If you can do it from the hospital, then it's no problem to us listening, right? Um, uh, let's see. Um, okay, speaking of Ian Rotten, we may as well just talk about that really quickly. I actually... Um, uh, I just wanted to ask you, I had a, a, one of the IWA Mid-South employees kind of, uh, kind of message me, nice guy and everything, and just kind of wanted, you know, wanted to let me know that, you know, hey, IWA Mid-South, they're still running shows, to which I replied, if a tree falls in the woods, you know, <laughs> um, uh, so I just kind of wanted to hear you, I, I know that you had some thoughts about Ian Rotten that you wanted to kind of share, but, um, you know, you're the man to ask, like, what is going on with, IWA Mid-South and Ian Rodden, and is there any new news that you want to go over before I go over the main stuff? Well, I just want to start out with, uh, I, I do a combat call uh, podcast. I did the first edition later a couple weeks ago, and I'll be doing some in the future with my co-host, Dakota. He's also a member of the uh, the page, uh, you know, along with Bucky and Andy. Now, Bucky and Andy received their money back because they uh, the way they filed their PayPal, but Dakota trustfully filed his one way he still hasn't got his money back so ian can't you pay this person 250 dollars for that fucking show you're still running shows you're talking about going to wrestling shows or watching pay-per-views and you can't pay this man his hard-earned money he paid to support you it just fucking disgusts me um i don't understand why here now we are in almost february the stupid fucking show is going to be in november how you can't give him his money um, I you know I know endless people that you've robbed over the years. 
Why can't you give them their money? And you tell, then you bitch, well, people won't come out and support me and boo-hoo-hoo. I don't know what's going on either way. They're running a bunch of shows still. I mean, of course, that's a formula for destruction. Just run random fucking shows. Uh, they haven't done anything deathmatch in a while. You know, Elgin is still coming in, Larry D. They got, God bless these guys. I hope they get some money. Um, but, I mean, I just don't understand why you can't pay these people. You know, and you wonder why you get a bad name. Well, it's because you're an asshole. You know, that's why you get a bad name. Um, just pay I mean, them. like, they always say that if you're going to, you know, you can't. I was on the uh, the THT show, and we brought up where, the, you know, that this guy owes fans 50 bucks here, 100 bucks there, two two fifty there. And they're still paying people back from a show that was canceled four months ago. And I'm like, and uh, Shaheen said it. It's simple business. If you don't have 250 bucks, you're an insolvent company, you know? And, um, uh, yeah, dude, they're running weekly, apparently. They're running weekly at some arena in Jeffersonville. Obviously, no death matches. That doesn't matter. The point is, you know, to run a company that's going to make money. If you're bringing in Michael Elgin, I would say Michael Elgin is one of the top five freelance U.S. indie wrestlers as far as name recognition He's tours with, you know, the biggest Japanese company in the world and blah, blah, blah. You know, probably the second or third biggest, co- you know, company in the entire world. And um, you can't get 250 bucks. You know, um, I know that wrestling is like, look, wrestling overall is a money-losing business. Okay? That's, a, you know, that's fine. But like you said, just... I don't know what the companies do, and they're running weekly shows that I never hear about. And I, I, I told this employee, I was like, "Look, we're willing to, you know, because he was like, oh, it's not, you know, kind of implicating. It's not really fair the way that you guys cover it because we're still running shows and you don't talk about it.'" And I'm like, "Bro, we it's, do this for 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 free, and if I can't find results to shows, we aren't going to yeah. talk about it." It's not really fair that your owner of your company is not paying back people the hard-earned money that they paid. I tell you what, I'll, I'll cover every single IWA Mid-South card for the rest of the eternity, match by match, as soon as Ian pays everybody the money he owes, back, he owes them back. I'll, I'll cover it. I'll write up a two-hour uh, two hour fucking decree on the IWA shows. So, Ian, you just pay everybody back their money, and I got you covered. Awesome. <laughs> All right. Well, let's turn our attention to the other IWA, which is going to be the – well, okay, Mike, it's up to you. You want to talk about Carnage Cup or do you want to talk about GCW's 400-degree show? It's up to you. Well, we'll talk about – we can do Carnage Cup in a minute while I'm in my asshole mood. Um, Carnage Cup has been canceled. No one should care. Um, Kevin Brennan is disgusting. Um, I used to get along with Kevin – um, we talked and chatted. I always gave him a fair shake. Then I listened to his fucking disgusting commentary on the uh, fucking Deathmatch Mafia Cup. And then I took him off my pages and stopped supporting him. I know he has his friends try to post stuff on there, which is fine. Um, I still do like some of the old Deep Cells stuff. Um, but I just don't like what Kevin was talking about in the show. I don't like his remarks on pedophilia. Um, racist remarks, that's his opinion. Um, I don't justify it or stick up for it, but I'm not going to beat a dog on that. I've heard that before. It's disgusting, but that's your opinion. Um, but when you're talking about like making fun of mentally retarded people and, and implying you want to have sex with a 13 year old girl, or, you know, my friend Jeremy from I Got You Five Stars podcast, you know, he was just telling, he was talking about. 
about this shit, and I've heard about it, but they put out a video where these two guys were eating, like, whipped cream out of each other's assholes. Um, you know what? There's probably a market for that. And if you want to market that, that's great. But don't just put it out in a wrestling show. I mean, people, kids buy stuff on a smart mark video. There's no, like, parental guidance and shit. That's just, and I know there's bleeding in their stuff, but that's just disgusting. I mean, just, you probably have no place in wrestling. Just give it up. If you can't find a place to run, your, your Carnage Cup is in November, right? November or September. Something like and that. you're telling us in January you couldn't <clears throat> find a place. Sounds like you tried hard. Well, real quick, so let me go over the quick story. So what happened was uh, Rob Marsh broke the, the story that basically uh, Carnage Cup is canceled. And then Freak Show, he posted some screenshots, which i got to be completely honest. I don't even really like talking about private message screenshots. I know it's a big deal nowadays to take private, you know, screenshots of private stuff and then put it on Facebook, but it's part of the story. But in general, I think that's real skeezy, even w- even if it's a- against Kevin Brennan or any any weirdo douchey, whatever. Like, I just don't think that's right. But anyway, um, <clears throat> so uh, Freak Show posted some, some screenshots where Brennan said, I can't get a building. He said, look, Freak Show, if you want to run the Carnage Cup, you fucking run it. So which means, you know, he doesn't care about, you know, the intellectual property, whatever that might possibly be, you know, be worth $5 and a handshake. Um, and, um, uh, but it brought me up. So I wrote up, it, it's it's going to be up in the next day or so. But I, I uh, you know, for the newsletter, which you can find at IndieWrestlingIntl.wordpress.com, um, I wrote up a little history of the Carnage Cup, and I talked about the 10 years of Carnage documentary that I, I think that most of us saw. And we all get a chuckle from it, where Kevin Brennan is talking about burning all of these buildings, you know, where he talks about, well, well, we got kicked out of one building because we didn't clean it, and we were flushing light tube glass down the toilets, and we ruined the plumbing. And then we got kicked out of another building because the fans were smoking crack in the the parking lot. We got kicked out of that building for this and that and that building for because we had you know we had a wrestler almost die and we didn't have a paramedic and da da. And it's like, man, it's a small world, and it's not. I, I, I'm not shocked at all that these people like, uh. What is it? Uh, Deep South Carnage Cup? Kevin Brennan? Uh, let me call you back. And you just Google this guy and you see clips of him talking about burning these buildings. It's not hard to imagine that, yeah, you can't find a fucking building in your area. Wow, shocker, right? Absolutely. You know, and the, and the sad part is, too, is there is some some decent wrestlers down there. Everybody shits on them all. Uh, you know, Blaine Evans... Uh, David Skitzel, they had a good match at one of the IWA shows. Kylo Green's had a couple of decent showings. They don't have any words to perform. Uh, you know, the North Carolina guys, you know, Colt 45 and Raven Havoc. You know, these Raven was just on H2O show. But there's some some decent guys down there. And if they develop more, they could probably even turn, you know, Bryant Woods. You know, they could turn into, you know, better wrestlers. But it's just there's nowhere down there. And these guys want to do death matches too, you know. It's just a shame that someone couldn't put together something other than the Carnage Cup. I know there's a few small companies down there that run death matches occasionally. Bryant has sponsored a few at uh, motorcycle rallies for the Saints Motorcycle Club. And then I know that uh, Rocket City has done stuff occasionally and NGW does stuff occasionally. But, uh, I mean, there's a, you know, there's not a huge market down there because Tennessee is, is more old school. Um, like I like I said before, those guys could draw 10 people, and Jerry Lawler and Bill Dundee in their 70s could draw 3,000 people. It's just kind of the market they're in. But 
then again, when you have the Kevin Brennan being the person producing it to you, if you had someone halfway decent maybe down there producing it and bringing in some people, you might be able to build it up more, you know? When when uh, Mike fucking Burns was promoting uh, Deep South, because he did that for a while, there was some good Carnage Cups. Carnage Cup 2 was really good. Uh, you know, Carnage Cup, the Carnage Cup or Thumbtack Jack, and those guys are coming. But Mike Burns w- was promoting them. Uh, I mean, you know? I mean, Tremont is pretty open where he's like, look, dude, the Carnage Cup made me. You know, he's oh, like, yeah. really open about that. Yeah, and, and, you know, and I'll say that one other thing about Brennan, too, is he always pays everybody. So I'll give him his, his ups where he is. Um, the boys never complain about pay. He pays them. He takes care of them pay-wise. So that's one thing that, you know, guys that went down there and worked for him. And there was some good car. I mean, Carnage Cup, too. I love the finals. Necro, Corporal Robinson, Drake Younger, and Shane Lane. I mean, the one with uh, Sexy Eddie and Tom Deck Jack in the finals. There were some good Carnage Cups. You well, know, even Mike the ones. Well, I, so in writing the thing, I talked about how it all changed. I feel like it all changed. When um, at the Spider Bujo John uh, uh, one with the Spider Bujo John Rare Saw Death Match, that's where I feel like Carnage Cup changed from a death match tournament with a lot of the mainstay Jersey Z, you know Jersey guys, and then a couple of the you know the the guys that you don't see from down south like Tank and uh, Freak Show, Insane Lane, blah blah, and then it morphed into. Let's let these guys shoot each other with guns or something. Like that's when it really turned into this unsafe. You know, it it like that's when it became the unsafe deathmatch tournament because that's like the hype of Carnage Cup. When people yeah. hear it, when 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 people hear that you know you know T O S is coming up, like ooh, what international talent is coming in? When people hear Carnage Cup, people are thinking, I wonder if someone's gonna lose a toe. Alligators and shotguns. Yeah. <laughs> You know, and, and the thing, too, is for a while they were promoting cards. They were having matches with Mike Quackenbush and Claudio Castagnoli. Uh, Joker and Eddie Kingston were down there. They were bringing in, like, southern guys, too, like Brad Armstrong, Mitch Ryder. I mean, they had, a you know, Chuck Taylor and Ricochet pretty much started out there. So they had a lot of talent on their cards. I mean, when Mike Burns was promoting it, and they were doing their cards, like, every quarter, they had... They had some good fucking shit. I mean, the Southern one, Southern Classic, they did was pretty good. Michael Elgin and it. They had a lot of good wrestling. Plus, they had guys like Drake and Necro doing these death matches. Drake or Necro and JC did a 20-minute Iron Man death match that I love uh, from one of the cards. So, yeah, they had some quality stuff, but you're exactly right. Once we got into that craziness, and John Rare and Spider just, oh, God bless them, but... I mean, no, don't, don't, don't. God bless them. They suck. Somebody's got to. Somebody's got to bless them. They do <laughs> suck, but I'll still God bless them. They haven't done anything to me personally. They are not my favorite wrestlers in the ring. Yeah. They they don't really wrestle. Um, the three, the best of three matches they had at the last Carnage Cup were fucking horrible. It's awful. It was just terrible. I mean, I, I don't want to see them in Saw 742, uh, Spider decapitates John by taking cutting his nuts off in the ring. I mean, porcupine boards and crazy fireworks uh, in a kiddie pool and shit. Yeah, um, just stupid. I mean, they had a lot of talent at the Carnage Cup last year. Uh, Marcus Crane was there. Adam Bulem was there. Uh, Josh Crane, Dale Patrick. G-Raver. G-Raver, yeah. Matt yeah. Trema. I mean, they had a lot of talent there. And and no. I mean like as a show, so I was ta- you know we were talking to to uh, uh, Schlack about it, and um, just to repeat what he, what he said there, but he was like, um, 
Well, and a couple other wrestlers. So I reached out to a couple guys who wrestled on that show and just was like, hey, give me give me five sentences about Carnage Cup and Kevin Brennan so I can kind of fill out this article I'm doing. And the overall theme I got from a couple guys is they're like, look, he doesn't give a shit about the safety of the guys. That's number one. Number two is uh, the fans run the fucking shows. Like the past couple Carnage Cups, I had a couple of the wrestlers tell me, tell me, that it, it, it's funny if you ask five guys, you got the the same story. They were like, look, Kevin Brennan, he asked my price. He paid me in full up front. I can't say anything about yeah. the money. But when the show came, the show, you know, we're, uh, the show started an hour late and we didn't even have a card yet. And they were like, the fans were the ones like, start the fucking match. And Brennan would be like, well, you guys set up the ring and you had fans stringing up Putting razor, up razor wire, wire and putting the light tubes up on the ropes and and apparently one of the fans brought the rubber bands to put the light tubes on the fucking ropes because nobody bought it's, rubber bands it's, it's not even going to be the first show where a wrestler dies it's going to be the first show where a fan dies yeah <laughs> putting the ring together and not for nothing but holy shit did it not look like trailer parky last year i seen backyard shows that had better rings than their ring last year yeah that fucking ring looked like a piece of wood it was set, someone, and, and they it was just, they set it on the ground, like with no platform. Oh, absolutely, in the middle of a field. Yeah. It was a bunch of people in fucking lawn chairs. It's a literal mud show. Oh, it was a mud show. Okay, Cornette. Yeah. <laughs> it was outlaw mud show. Yeah. yeah Jimmy watched Eddie bitch for a whole episode. I have to send that to him. Yeah. Um, I, am a, I am part of the cult of Cornette, so. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, the whole thing is... Um, it's kind of like TNA, where, where people were like, you know, and I'm one of them, where the, the longest thing was for the longest time was, let TNA die. The talent will find jobs in other companies that won't be, that won't make such an embarrassing mark on the, on a business that's already full of pedophiles and drug dealers, you know what I mean? So, um, let Carnage Cup die, let Tank and those guys think of a new name, hey, we're gonna make the fucking, um, the Death Carnival, Death Carnival uh, Tournament 1 or something, you know what I mean? And just make a new tournament with new guy or, you know, with the same little roster of Chewy Martinez and those guys who just kind of are mainstays down there and stuff. But I don't see the point in, in continuing Carnage Cup because it obviously doesn't make money. Obviously. Brennan said 5,000 times, he's like, well, it doesn't make money. We draw 28 fans in the middle of nowhere in Tennessee the taco stand makes more money than I do. And um, moving up the road with new promoters, a new name, same guys, same same idea. Hey, look, if you want to do razor, fish hook, wire, board, death matches, okay, go for it. But the whole idea of using the Carnage Cup name at this point, I think it's kind of over with. Well, I don't think most of those guys want to do that. That's mostly Kevin Brennan and his crazy ideas. I mean, maybe Spider Boudreau and John Rare, but like I said, there's a lot of younger guys, I think, that if they were in the right promotions and worked with people, they, they'd turn out to be okay wrestlers, um, you know, and I stick behind that. There's guys in there that, you know, but they don't have a lot of choices down there, and if you're not going to get seen there to get booked anywhere else, how do you get seen, you know what I mean? It's just awful catch-22. Sorry about, Sorry about that. Well, I mean, is so okay. Let's say that you want to get seen. Is would it be different? Like, if look, dude, if Tank, I mean, through us and a couple other little things that cover because you know the deathmatch world isn't so big. 
through Facebook, Twitter, this show. If tomorrow Freak Show came out and said, hey, look, fuck Carnage Cup. We're doing the fucking whatever, a new tournament. It's coming October 10th, 2019 in blah, 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 Alabama. We'd talk about it. If people want to be seen and, you know, people know, hey, this is the spiritual sure. sequel to uh, Carnage Cup. But, I mean, if this is what's going to get Kevin Brennan out of wrestling so I don't have to see him running around like Bart Simpson in his shorts, I think it's not a bad deal. That's all. So, uh, yeah, it's time we'll for Carnage Cup to die. It's time for Carnage Cup to die and be dead. Yeah. Uh, Brennan can go back to his other fucking hobbies, whatever they may be. And stay away from wrestling. Yeah. So okay. I mean, All obviously, right. if, like I said, if you're if you're canceling it nine months before the show, <laughs> nobody's gonna put you. Or you obviously don't care that much. I or I'm, no, I'm no guessing that he place. contacted a, a whole bunch of buildings and one after the other said no 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 and he was like he, he had it in the middle of a field at a taco stand. They yeah. won't take you. <laughs> yeah. You know you you have in his backyard of his house set next. Well, DJ does that. Used to, but. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't know. Does Brennan have a giant field where they can see the a thousand people, or is it literally going to be in the I, the uh, I, the public court of a trailer park? Vacations with park. the Brennan family down in Alabama. That's not my vacation spot, so I don't I don't know where Mister Brennan lives. <laughs> yeah, but you're probably not. He probably doesn't have that luxurious field that you know. DJ's father had, and, and I'll be honest with you, I've gone to a couple of tournament desks there, and I kind of like it, uh, where uh, DJ's father, have, you know, they have a regular ring, it's a nice setup, um, you know, it's a, lots of parking, it's kind of wild going to it, because you think, it's in, it's in the middle of a state park, and you really get, like, that deliverance feel, you're right in here, like, the banjo playing, because it's, like, in the fucking boons, you're on dirt roads, with, like, paper signs pointing combat zone, but it was a cool spot. I mean, that's what, I mean, ideally, like, I'm hoping that TOS this year, I'm hoping that they can do that field that they were going to do with the 5,000 vendors and, like, that Like that was going to be a fucking party, man. Like, that getting shut down was one of the real tragedies right. of 2018 as far as deathmatch wrestling goes. But um, I really hope that TOS, you know, T they've been owning your own building or owning your own venue or whatever. I mean, as... um. You know, we talk about IWA, uh, uh, you know, being kind of in the shitter and stuff, but they've always owned their own spot. They had the Kmart building. They had, like, this monthly rental on the flea marketplace. And they um, – it gives you so much freedom, and it allows you to do anything you fucking want. And I know that there was a, a – there was one point where Game Changer, they were trying to buy a building, and it just never really happened, but, like – uh, can you imagine if they actually bought a building and the you know the way that they would decorate it and what they could do in there and the way they could run it and blah blah, blah. like um, well, yeah, owning look, your own building at, is a big deal, man. Yeah, look what Tremont. Tremont is he's having three or four other promotions come in. He's getting rental money from them. He's running really good shows. He's got the freedom to do what he wants in the building. He's got his store set up there now, working out great. I mean, GCW had their own building. They could have their own merchandise store. All the shit right there. Yeah, I think it's an absolutely a great investment. All right. Uh, moving on. Um, what did you? So, were you able to watch the four hundred degree show in the hospital? Uh, yeah. 
Uh, yeah, so me and Shaheen, we, uh, we, we covered it last week. I know that was Shaheen's fourth time reviewing it on a podcast, but, um, I, I, I just, you know, I just want to know if you had any thoughts that you wanted to go over about it. Yeah, I'll go through it real quick. Um, obviously started out Maxwell, Jacob Friedman, they're building him as a heel, him and Jimmy Lloyd. Yeah, it was all right. Um, overall, I thought the card was really good. I thought it was the strongest card they've had in a while. Um. The DJZ and Jungle Boy was pretty good for like the flippy stuff. Uh, Tremont and Reed Bentley was your basic kind of smash and gash death match. It wasn't a bad death match. I know they set up an angle the end where John Wayne Murdoch came out. Uh, G Raver and Oren Vedder was amazing. Um, you know me. I've been preaching Oren Vedder's name for a long time. A uh, long time. Since I saw him at, uh, the year before at the Prince of the Death. Or so you want to be a deathmatch star. I've been saying, I interviewed him twice before anybody even knew who he was. So I'm glad that everybody's catching up. I've said that he is going to be the next big deathmatch star. Uh, him and Raver, great match. Um, starting out in the beginning where he does a crazy suicide dive into the light tubes. Uh, you know, guy was bleeding like crazy. He's doing the bloody snow angels after the match. Um, Raver and him click perfectly. I look forward to hopefully seeing this in the beginning of like a brain damaged Drake Younger, Toby Klein, Necro Butcher kind of feud where over the next three or four years. These guys will wrestle five or six times in different promotions. Really great match. Um, Scramble was okay. Um, Shane Mercer looked like a beast. I would have put Arrow Boy out and had him and John Wayne have a match. That's the only thing I would have done differently because obviously we didn't have John Wayne and Slack. Granted, there was a lot of death matches there. I know you mentioned it on the last one. I already had five, but you know me. I could take eight death matches. Um, Masoka and Clone, really good, really amazing. Um, probably, you know, it's a shame that Masoka got hurt. Um, two of them just looked like fucking money in the ring. Same man with Takata and Clone. I mean, just amazing shit, you know. He did that sliced bread and, and fucking fucked his knee up, which is a shame. That's going to kind of hurt freedoms, but I'm sure we'll talk about that later. Um, Nate Webb and Marcus Crane, I was impressed because I didn't expect Nate Webb to get quite as crazy. I mean, obviously he had hesitations and things, but I didn't expect him to get quite as crazy as he did for a while. So I kind of enjoyed that match. And, you know, I enjoyed Ryan and Gage. It was a, a lot of false finishes, you know, 100 miles per hour, uh, you know, back and forth match. I, overall, I really enjoyed the card. Um, I liked the place they had it at. I know some people didn't. Uh, it was well lit. You could see it good. Um, the camera work was good. I thought it was a really good show. I mean, what was your thoughts, Stephen? I know I heard part of them, but I mean, I thought it was great. It was it was very reminiscent of a Howl show. Um, like I said, I so I watched it in one go. I actually called off. I called in sick to work. Just because I was like, because uh, I work two jobs here in China, and sometimes it just gets to me. So I called in sick to my morning job just so I could sit back and watch this show. And man, by the time Gage Ryan started, I was like, fuck, I was burnt. Like, I couldn't imagine being there live. Because first of all, I'd be wasted. But the second, I just don't know if I could make it through. But it, um, I mean, great show. Awesome show from start to finish. I think that GCW over-delivers Every single time. I mean, there's very, very few shows. Uh, the L.A. show was about the only show where I was like, eh, that was okay. But, I mean, this was like, you know, it was a howl show. It was just awesome. Loved it. Um, but that's... Oh, I'm sorry. No, it's what uh, us bloodthirsty maniacs have been wanting for a while. <laughs> From GCW. 
Well, speaking of which, so let's go over some of the upcoming shows that they've got going on, because uh, there's a bunch of them, and it looks like it's it, it's looking like Deathmatch season is in full swing. So, um, first up, uh, uh, I'll go over this really quickly. So we've got GCW's They Said It, it Couldn't Be Done, which is a playoff of an old CCW show, uh, and they... Um, this is going to be February 16th in Atlantic City. Jun Kasai is coming in. No word on his opponent yet, although... Oh, never mind. <laughs> I got something mixed up there. Uh, but um, the other big match for the show is going to be Nick Gage against Schlack. So Nick Gage issued an open challenge, and through promos and stuff, as he does it, Schlack accepted this. They're building this as basically a prison rules match. That you know, Schlack's cutting cutting the promo, saying, "Hey, you know, hey, you aren't the only guy who ever did who ever did time. You aren't the only bat, you know, fucking badass who was in the joint." And there, you know, there's all these headlines: shank or be shanked match, and all and all of this type of stuff. Uh, now, Gage versus Schlack, that was a match that I don't know this for a fact, but from talking to uh, a couple of guys, uh, Schlack versus, as I said last year. They were hoping on getting a, a, a building in Jersey because last year GCW was really hodgepodging around Jersey. They like it, they didn't solidify a building in Jersey until late into the year, and the idea was they wanted to christen a new building that they were buying with Gage versus Schlack. And uh, in fact, Schlack called out Gage at, at the last uh, uh, show in Howell uh, in uh, January. So they've been really saving Gage versus Schlack as like the big match. Like, this has been the big match for quite a while, and they just didn't know when to do it, and they're doing it. Um, I don't know. Do you think you'd put the title on Schlag? I'd like to see it. Um, I think it's time. Nick's had a great run. Um, I know his knee's a little banged up. Maybe get his knee fixed, set up Schlag gauge uh, two down the road. I think it'd be cool. Um, I think Slack is someone you can you know build on. You could do stuff with. He's uh, and he's a great dude. Uh, I just want to you know shout out to him too. He's someone who messaged me when I was sick, you know, and asked me how I was doing, everything, you know. So, so shout out to him. Shout out to Joe FX. You know, Matt Tremont. These guys are take a minute to you know consider a fan and reach out and see how I was doing. So I like Slack. He's a good dude. Um, I think he could do a really good run with it. He's got a great look. Amazing fucking promos. Um, I love his promos. He cut a promo for our page. I absolutely love it. Um, I, I could just sit and watch Slack promos. I go back to the Viking one with him and the Cowboys and Canadians or the one where he was in the hospital. And I was talking about going to fuck up Rob Marsh. I mean, his promos are gold. Even uh, you know, now, I mean, the... he just did a promo because he just, you know, we're going to get to him in a minute, but he just won the H2O uh, hybrid title. Yeah. Yep. He's got this little nine-second promo. He like I've seen it twenty-three times. It's so funny where he's like, "Oh, Schlack, don't take my my belt. What belt, motherfucker?" It's like, man, I'm like, this dude is money, man. Him, him, and Casanova Valentine are the greatest promo guys in deathmatch wrestling. I mean, it's Boomer. Uh, when they had their match. Their promos got so insane. I remember Casanova saying he was going to break in Schleck's house and fuck his mother and fuck his dog and burn it down. And I mean, <laughs> fucking guys. But yeah, him and Casanova, I could listen to their promos all day. But Schleck is definitely probably edges it even out a little bit. Schleck's promos are fucking amazing. I mean, Schleck looks dangerous. You, We can name yeah. guys like Ming and... You know, even when he was wrestling, I'm not trying to be controversial, but as a kid watching him, like, Benoit. Benoit looked dangerous, you know? Schlack looks dangerous, man. Like, I don't want to run into that dude in a, a dark alley or something. 
Um, it I reminds think... me. Of... Go, go ahead. Oh, no, no, no. Go on. I want to continue with my Slack versus Frank Mir for Bloodsport. I started a... I started people on the internet. Uh, I've got like 100, 200 people on it. Frack, Slack versus Frank Mir. Slack liked it. He agrees. Come on, D'Amato. Come on, Josh Barnett. I want to see Slack versus Frank Mir. So thank you very much. Absolutely. So, um, I mean, we're at the point now where uh, Gage has held the belt uh, at this point over a year because he won it in January, right? Uh, no, no, he won it in December. So he's held the belt for more than a year. He's the man. People love the shit out of him. He's all he, you know. Gage is going to be the John Cena of GCW. He can come out, the crowd will go fucking ape shit. He can main event. He can tag with someone. He can do anything, and the crowd will always go ape shit. Right? Have a title. He doesn't need a title. Yeah, exactly. He he doesn't need it. As every you know, Schlack's not long for this world, as he would say. And uh, man, someone's got to fucking jump on that dude at some point and um i think it's right man i think that uh i think schlack can uh take uh i think schlack can carry that belt for a little while man and then you have new matches you can do schlack and g raver for the title schlack and crane for the title you know you can do all of these new matches with schlack that we haven't seen in a long time and now it's for the belt and um you know you can't tell me you know when 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 gage comes out, the crowd goes nuts, and they're chanting, chanting, chanting. If Schlack comes out carrying that belt, man, that crowd's going to go insane, man. So They go um, nuts for Schlack now, too. He's he's probably the second most popular up there with Gage. Absolutely. Um, and he just embodies game, you know, he, he embodies that company so well. Like, when I think of fucking Game Changer Wrestling, I think of Gage, Schlack, and Crane. Like, those three dudes, they look... They look dirty. They look dangerous. They look like they haven't slept, you know? So, um, right, right. Uh, so I would, um, yeah. So, uh, that's what's going on for They Said It Couldn't Be Done. Um, you know what? I should get it up. Do you have the other show dates, uh, handy? Because I don't, I, I don't have them handy. I can Google them real quick. Let me yeah, get... I got, I'm on the page right now. All right, cool. Yeah. So, uh, so what do they have after the February 16th show? Los Angeles, uh, March 2nd. And uh, they've been announcing talent for that, right? They have. Just give me one second here. Uh, they've announced Marcus Crane, uh, Matt Tremont, Nick Gage. I'm just going to pull it up on Twitter because we better. Cause they just announced the Philly show, too. So, which I think is like March 8th. Let me take a look here. So we got uh, Joey Ryan is going to be coming into the L.A. show to live and die in L.A. on March 2nd. Yep. Rich Swan. Rich Swan. Yeah, yep. Marcus Crane. Uh, Matt Tremont. Matt Tremont. B-Boy. Yep, B-Boy. B-Boy. Uh, I would imagine Eli Everfly will be on the show because he's an L.A. native. <laughs> Jungle Boy probably too. Yeah, yeah, Jungle Boy as well. Who, who he just signed to um, AEW, so. Oh, they just announced for spring break the Rock and Roll Express. They sure did. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, we'll get into that in one moment. But um, the um, L.A. show, so it's. You know, they're very blunt. It's to live and die in L.A., yeah. to die in big bloody letters. They're bringing in Tremont. They're bringing in Gage. They're bringing in uh, Crane. So 
this is going to be a deathmatch show, obviously. Um, they are, you know, uh, so uh, Danny Danny DeMonto was on the uh, the THT show with uh, Shaheen and Boxman. Check them out, great show. And um, uh, he, you know, he he said there what what Brett's told me, which is he's like, look, we want to have a tour. We want to have three markets: L.A., Chicago, and Jersey. We have two two brands. We have the Joey Janela shows, and then we have the Deathmatch the Deathmatch shows. And if we can rotate these brands between these cities, the fans are never going to get burnt out. We can always bring in new talent. So it's L.A.'s turn for the Deathmatches, you know. And um, I I'm excited for for the the show because I'm sure. The fans out there, they don't get to see this high-end style of deathmatch. I mean, you know, you have the the Bloody Brothers, which is cool, but it's not like a game-changer wrestling show, you know? So, um, I'm excited for that show, the L.A. show. Um, after that, on March 8th, they have a show in Philadelphia. Yeah, um, they haven't announced anything yet. People are going to be pretty happy with this, I think. Um... I have a word on the arena or on the venue they're going to be running, and it's going to be a very game changery kind of place to be. It's the, it, you know they aren't going to the ECW arena or anything. It's going to be very much a game changer kind of kind of place. And um, when tickets go on sale, snatch them up because because you're going to want one. That's all. I mean, I say that every fucking month, but you're going to want one for sure. Um, let's see. Uh, and then after that, we've, we've got Bloodsport and the Joey Janela shows. Um, for Bloodsport, they announced Minoru Suzuki, who yep. he was a fill-in uh, last year for uh, Loki when Loki screwed him over. Minoru Suzuki, I mean, biggest shootish guy that you could possibly get, obviously. Um, who else is on the show? Uh, Frank Mir. Andy Williams, too, for Bloodsport. And- now I don't know much about these guys. Is Andy Williams is he a wrestler or like a UFC fighter? Um, actually, one second here. Williams, I know he does stuff in Blackcraft. I don't want to misspeak. I believe he. Oh, he is a singer for the metal band, which I thought every time I die, and he actually wrestles too. He's wrestled for Black Crash. He wrestled for Smash. He's wrestled for some different promotions. So uh, yeah, he he started to wrestle more, uh, but he is the uh, lead singer of Every Time I Die, the metal band that's been around for about fifteen years. They just headlined that one Black Crash show that drew three thousand people with the concert and the show. All right, cool. So we've got that. Um, I mean, I think the Frank Mir. I mean, that's like a big signing. I told my my friend who he watches a lot of of um, MMA, and that turned his head. He was like, "What Frank Mir? What show is this?" So I think that's like the big, you know, one of the bigger headlines for sure. Um, yeah, they could have. Imagine, I mean, if the main events like Mir or fucking uh, Mir and Suzuki or Mir and Barnett. I mean, those are. Crazy main event. Those are main events that will UFC or Bellator could put on now. Mm-hmm. And you know, if you have a guy like Frank Mir against any of those guys, I can see them going on and be like, "Look, we've got to finish because you know, obviously they've got UWFI experience where you know how to work a shoot match." But I could see those guys be like, "Hey, let's just go out and shoot 
we know how to do this. Let's just go out and shoot for a while, you know? Um, and just really, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you hit me, oh, right here above my eyebrow, get me bleeding and do this. And, you know, I can see these, like, crazy bastards just going nuts out there. Um, I well, think Suzuki had a great run in, in Pancrase. Yeah. You know, back in the day with Ken Shamrock and Boss Rutten and Frank Shamrock. So, I mean, you know, he's he's a legit guy who's who shot fight too, and obviously Barnett, legit guy, Mir. I think Tracy Williams is on the card too. Uh, Simon Gotch is on the card. Uh, it's looking like it's going to be a, a really good card. I almost think Chris Dickinson's on the card again. Which I, I'd be okay with that. Um, I think that this year's blood sport is shaping up to be way better than last year's. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. And I like last year's. But yeah. yeah, this year is definitely uh, is uh, definitely shaping up to uh, to surpass its predecessor. I I I honestly think that GCW they could um, they could run the run a blood sports show in Vegas, you know. Um, I, so. I agree. You know when you know find a weekend when there's a Bellator show or something. Run the Saturday or run the Friday before. And I think that they could run, you know, get uh, Tom Lawler and those kinds of guys on there. And I think that they could run a blood sports show in Vegas. But the only, the only thing is, yeah, they could. They definitely could. They're just, uh, you know, it'd have to be under the banner of a professional wrestling show, like, like they, you know, because obviously when you get into legit MMA, there's a lot more money vested and testing and commissions and things like that. But yeah, if they did the quasi shooto like UWFI, sure. Um, and then after that, the, the only other show on the docket is going to be on June uh, on June 1st. They have a to-be-announced show. It's probably going to be TOS. I mean, I, I'm guessing it's going to be TOS. And um, we'll see. Hopefully they can get that field back and get all those uh, ice cream truck vendors back in the place. Um, one other thing I want to say, uh, so GCW has had to commission another new canvas. Uh, it really says something when you have, uh, you know, and I'm not trying to punch a guy when he's down and shit like that, but when you have, you know, Ian Rotten running with a ring barely, you know, barely functioning and the canvas is just a big layer of fucking duct tape and you have game, you know, and meanwhile you have this company shelling out the money because these canvases aren't free shelling out the money three or four times a, a year and rolling out these shiny fresh canvases you know i mean it's just it makes the company look really good when they bust out those fresh canvases run a couple deathmatch shows and then get a brand new one you know um i think um do you know are they going to auction off the canvas or something i'm not sure i'm not sure that'd probably do well if they did I think they they auctioned off pieces of it at one point, like maybe like a year ago, but I'm not sure. But um, we mentioned too, Hideki Suzuki is going to be a blood sport too. Oh right, yeah, and he's been doing a whole brawling gimmick in BJW lately, where he's like choking guys out with belts and destroying the young boys with chairs, which um, I think is awesome. When I was in Tokyo, I saw him wrestle at uh, uh, there's a company called uh, Hard Hit. I wanted to talk to you about this, Mike. Maybe I did. I don't know. People really need to, if you're into UWFI semi-shoot stuff, check out a, a Japanese company called Hard Hit. You can find the shows on the uh, Prorisu Dream uh, Twitter, um, and they use, like, um, you know, all of those semi-shoot guys, and Hard Hit is, a sh is, that's a damn good company to watch. If you're into fights, I would definitely check that out. 
But um, yeah. I watched them before. They're a very good company. Yeah. So okay. Um, next up we have H two O. Uh, do you want to go over the H two O show? Yeah, I can go over results. All right. One second here. H two O ran their fourth uh, subterranean uh, underground taping, like the King of the Underground, I believe, was kind of the uh, quasi title for it. Mm-hmm. Um, it was uh, Sunday night because they did it before the uh, Royal Rumble, so they could have like a Royal Rumble watch party. Which, like I said, Tremont does a lot of great things. I mean, you can go there, watch a great show, stay and do a Royal Rumble thing. I know he's got two or three new promotions uh, debuting this month. So yeah, it's a lot of cool things going on in H2O and having his own building. Um, Alice Cologne defeated Lucky Thirteen. Uh, G. Raver defeated Ron Mathis. Steve Monster Mack defeated Maria Manic. Slack defeated Dan O'Hare, Brandon Kirk, and Casanova Valentine for the H2O title. I heard that was a crazy match. I've heard good, nothing but good things about this show in the clips I've seen, too. Uh, Notorious Inc. defeated Mark Angel and Jimmy Lyon. Mitch Fallon defeated Stockade. Eric Ryan defeated Eddie Only. I heard that match was insane. Jeff Cannonball defeated Raven Havoc. And Jeff Cannonball also defeated Drew Chaos. And Jimmy Lloyd defeated Danny Gallagher. And I heard that match actually was a surprisingly good, good match, too. Awesome. Awesome. So that's going to be on... um, uh, Hey, Mike, there's getting some feedback. If you're playing me on a speaker... What's that? Are you playing me on a speaker? Okay, it's gone now. Never mind. So, um... Yeah, so that's going to be out on DVD, um, and then um, H2O went on and they announced uh, some entrants for their upcoming Hardcore Cup. Um, do you have those in front of you? I don't. All right, let me grab those really quickly. We we all planned so well, right? Well, normally at my house I have everything in the hospital bed. It was a little... Yeah, of course, yeah. So um, so they've got a uh, the Hardcore Kingdom... I don't know my head, but I know Oren Vedit. I know uh, Cody Rice... They just um, added Slack. Jeff Cannonball. Jeff Cannonball. Slack, too, right? Mm-hmm. Yep, Schlack's in there. Uh, um, was Dysfunction in there, too? That I don't know about. I would have to look at that. Okay, I got it here. So this is going to be March 9th in uh, the H2O Center in Williamstown, New Jersey. We've got... Um, you know, i got to say something. H2O makes their event pages so easy to look at. Yep. Um, so let's see. We've got... First of all, we got a non-tournament anything-goes match between Stockade and G-Raver. Then we've got Jimmy Lyon, Oren Vite, Cody Rice, D- Dysfunction, Jeff Cannonball, Mitch Vallon, and Maria Manic. Um, and then there's going to be 12 total, so we got five more slots uh, in, in, in that. Uh, and Marcus Crane is going to be on the show. He's not listed as one of the participants, so he might be wrestling uh, a non-tournament match or something. Yeah, he's going to be doing a non-tournament match. Okay, cool. So um, let me see if there's anything else going on in H2O real quick before we uh, move on. Um, but, yeah, in general, just shout out to, uh, you know, shout out to uh, Matt Tremont for always putting on really great shows. I mean, I mean, I'm excited for this to drop on DVD, so I'll definitely be watching it. Supposed to be this weekend or Monday, Jimmy Lyon told me. What's the, that? It'll drop oh, okay. this weekend or Monday. He's trying to rush it out because he does their editing. Oh, okay, cool, cool. Um, so yeah, the only, yeah the only things they've got on that uh, on April twenty sixth they they've got a show they got a, they're going to be doing uh, the second women's show uh, which is going to be called uh, Blood Broads and I got to open it to get the next one but it's going to be on May fourth 
Yeah, Blood Broads and Barbed Wire, which I like that title. That's awesome. So uh, we got Blood Broads and Barbed Wire on May 4th. I'm guessing it's going to be kind of a deathmatchy women's um, show. Maria Manic and Tara Calloway in the main event. No more Barbed Wire no match. Barbed Wire, yeah. The first WH2O champion. Mm-hmm. With Matt Tremont as the special ref. Special referee. So that'll be good. So, uh, so yeah, Matt Tremont always doing cool stuff. Um, let's see. Uh, next up, ICW shows. Were you, do you were were you able to keep up with uh, ICW? I don't think they did anything since uh, we talked last. Let me just pull up the page real quick. They had a show. I got the results right in front of me. I can go over it really quickly. Let me just do that really quickly. So on January twentieth, uh, they did a show in Milwaukee. Um, on the show, uh, so on the GCW 400 Degrees show, wait a minute. Oh, okay, there we go. Um, Nate, so Nate, Nate Webb won their, their alternative title, which is like their hardcore deathmatch title. And, um, he was supposed to defend the show or defend the title on this show, but he had to pull out due to a illness. He had the flu. I kind of wonder if he didn't want to go through any more light bulbs or something. <laughs> but uh, he, yeah, so uh, so uh, Nate Webb, he had to uh, vacate the, the title. So on the show, uh, Orin Vite defeated Dysfunction, Jack Blackwell, and Kyle Pro um, uh, to re-win the title because he had the title before Marcus Crane. Did, uh, so he's like kind of the stalwart champion of that. Uh, it was a four-way ladders, Legos, and chairs match. So uh, Orin Vite uh, won that uh, uh, belt back on that show. And then um, they've got a bunch of shows coming up that they've already announced. Their next show is going to be crazy. Um, there's four big death matches. It's called the Infinity Crusade yeah. 2. Let There Be Light Tubes. That's going to be on the 24th. Uh, the, the alternative title is going to be Orin Vedit and Different Boy Jimmy Lloyd in the Light Tube Palooza match. And fans bring the weapons, Slack and Marcus Crane. Uh, winners enter the Insane Eight: Dan O'Hare versus Chase McCoy in a barbed wire ropes and ladders. And then the Anything Goes match: Heart, uh, Hipster Heart Drop, Casanova Valentine versus Mikey Heckin Wild. So yeah, a bunch of other matches with the regular guys too. But that's a pretty awesome card just from those four matches. You know? Yeah. And uh, the thing about them is they do they do a lot of VIP bonus matches, so people get there early. You run like three or four bonus matches with a lot of the younger guys. Um, so it's in a bar room, you know, they can, you can go from the bar right over into the wrestling arena. And in the bar room, they have a couple big screen TVs to show the show. So it's kind of a cool arena. Uh, Mike, you know, Bucky, the guy who does the road story with me, goes to a lot of shows and talks about the arena. It looks like a cool arena. And dysfunctionist said this year really wants to put into the death matches and things and build the company. So this is a really good. Uh, looks like a great card. And Smart Mart just released a couple of their shows, too. Uh, I believe they just released two of them. And for a pretty good price, too. I think they're only like five ninety I'll pull that up right now um, just to let people know. Smart Mart released... Uh, the Insane Rumble 2019 and the Insane Christmas Party. You can download them for six bucks. Uh, everybody else is like twelve dollars or ten dollars. So that's a pretty good deal. Um, I know the Insane Rumble was a show you just talked about. I had where Orin Vedit won back to title. I had eight matches, and then the show right before that, which was the Insane Xmas Party. Uh, that had the really cool Marcus Crane 
and Oren Vedic death match also. It has some cool matches on it. His girl Sierra and Joey Avalon. Uh, another another show with uh, twelve matches because they had a bunch of bonus matches. So for six bucks, you get twelve matches, some death matches, some really good hard hitting wrestling. Can't beat that price. To me, the coolest part about ICW because I've I downloaded one of those shows, bought, um, because yeah, it, it it was only six bucks and I was watching you know just but anyway, um. Their atmosphere is awesome. Like, you know, the venue that they run is like this little bar. The crowd is maniacal. I mean, they're just like so into it. You know, I mean, that area doesn't get a lot of 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 uh, any wrestling, really, especially deathmatch wrestling. And, um, you know, or invite him and Joe, him and Jimmy Lloyd are going to be in the next year, you know, in the next few years, those two guys are going to be carrying this whole division and you know or invite he came out of icw and dysfunction's a great promoter super nice guy um so yeah if you want to see some new stuff then you definitely check these guys out uh and uh one other show i want to go over that there let me bring up my notes real quick they're gonna have on march 31st they're gonna have the uh the deathmatch challenge this is where eight non-deathmatch wrestlers are going to take on normal deathmatch wrestlers um and so they've got uh I'll just go over the card really quickly. So again, this is gonna be on March thirty first, and this is a show that I'm gonna be buying for sure. But they're gonna have. Um... Oh, I'm sorry. It's not that they're gonna take on non deathmatch wrestlers. So this is their version of like. Um... So you want to be a deathmatch superstar? But it's gonna be Kyle yep. Pro against Riley Jackson in a, a thumbtack carpet strip match. Tyler Sullivan versus Jet Jack Blackwell in a barbed wire bat and boards match. They got Eddie Only against Zach McGuire in a Fans Bring the Weapons match. And they got Stonehenge versus Ricky Noreen in a Kitchen Massacre match. And then they'll all have a four-way death match in the main event for the winner. Now, obviously, I don't know any of these guys. But I guarantee you, in six um, months, one of these guys will be someone that you're going to be watching in a bigger company. Eddie Only. Eddie Only went to the finals of So You Want to Be a Deathmatch star last year for IWA. It was amazing. He just had a crazy match with Eric Ryan in H2O. Um, Eddie Only is going to be the big breakout guy. Keep your eyes on Eddie Only. Um, you know, he's a Southern wrestler, uh, but he's now he's getting into more promotions. And also on that card, Dale Patricks and Oren Vedder will be having a match. So that's a heck of a card right there. Um, you can't go wrong with uh, with ICW. But yeah, I, I personally feel that he only is going to be the big. Uh, Zach McGuire's the guy who's done some hardcore stuff too. Um, Mr. Birthday Party, Jerry Blackwell's got a cool gimmick. Uh, so yeah, there's, there's some people I don't even know on here. So it's going to be cool because you, you, you see, these guys are hungry sometimes. Like I go back to the first story, you want to be a deathmatch star. Uh, and Justin Storm and Cole Raddick. Had such an amazing match. And Cole Raddick has done no more death matches since then, but it was fucking amazing. And those guys really had done a lot of death matches. It card blew, the match blew my mind. It was the best match of the show. Uh, so, yeah, there's a lot of opportunity. Like Steven said, there's going to be some breakout stars, but I don't know who will win this. But, you know, besides the winner, keep your eye on Eddie only. I think he's going to be our, our big breakout guy of, uh, you know, a new superstar of 2019. And then, um, Last thing I just want to go over, they've already announced, uh, you know, they're, they, so they've got the ICW Insane 8 Deathmatch Tournament, which will be August 8th. That's a long way away, and they're already announcing matches, which I think is awesome. Um, they're going to have Schlack versus Marcus Crane. 
They're going to have Matt Tremont and Alex Cologne will be part of it. So there's going to be eight guys. So, that, so there's four of them there. I'm sure Oren Veidt's going to be on it. And then um, Necro Butcher uh, is going to be the, the drunken master of ceremony. So there is your ICW uh, news roundup. ICW is an awesome company. You know, there's always a... You know, you have Game Changer Wrestling as like, you know, they're obviously the number one. CZW is kind of like the long, the long-held stalwart. And then there's all of the companies below them and i and iwa mid-south was always the the kind of like the third company there icw man they're just awesome and i think that they should they're the rightful holders of that third spot in my opinion so check them out if you have a an afternoon to kill and you want to see a really good a really good show and a great building with an awesome crowd so okay um, going on, um, let's see what we got. Lucha news. Do you want to go over some, uh, some of the Lucha stuff going on? Yeah, sure. There wasn't a whole lot. Um, let me pull up my screen here real quick. I've got results from a Zona 23 show. Um, I just want to take a minute to, I said this on the other podcast. I, I ran a Zona 23 fan page and I recently stepped away from that. Um, and I hope Zona does well, but uh, they booked Angel El Demono on this card. And I disagree with that, so I really don't support them anymore. Um, I'm not going to, I shouldn't say I don't support him. I'm not going to put my money into that product because I just think it's disgusting to book a guy who almost killed somebody. I hope they do well. I hope the promotion does well. But I just think that's a, a poor move to put him on. And, you know, people are especially putting him on their posters to try to get a variety out of it. He almost killed someone. To me, he's a piece of shit like Invader 1. Uh, you know, and if you know anybody's listening to this, Invader 1, Jose Gonzalez, fuck you. Um, I always like to throw that at you. Piece of shit. Um, so here's the card. Uh, it was eight matches. It was uh, billed as a last junkyard match, so I'm not sure what if they're having problems with the junkyard or whatnot. Uh, Sadiq Median defeated uh, Guerra Negra in a female match. Um, I saw parts of this show too; it looked pretty wild, uh, but I really didn't go into depth in it. Ed Rosita, wait, 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 wait! You understand this show looked bonkers, fucking nuts. That's all. Go on. Yeah. Steven said this show looked fucking bonkers. I didn't watch a lot of it, like I said. I've been in the hospital, so I'm a little behind on my normal normal way of things. Uh, I think when the show was running, I was unconscious. <laughs> and uh, So, yeah, their, their shows do look bonkers generally, especially the Joe Well, I mean, shows. they had guys. So, I've, you know, I've got a friend down there, and he went to, you know, he went to that DTU show that had Nick Gage versus Crazy King. And he's very adamant. He's like that. Like that was the worst show that he went that he's that he's seen down there in the past year. And uh, he went to a Zona Twenty Three show in uh, not a junkyard show, but one of the uh, you know, but one of the other shows that that they run. And he's gone to CMLL shows. He's gone to AAA shows. And he goes. He always goes. He goes. You know, if you take away the prestige and shit, that Zona Twenty Three show was really one of the best shows that he saw. I mean, Zona Twenty Three. It's young, hungry guys. Who are doing nine nine eighty degree flips off of balconies through cars? I mean, it's just you know, it's someone's gonna die, but it's a good little show, you know. Oh, it is without a doubt. Like I said, I've been I've helped them book things in the past. I just think it's a shame that they put Angel and Demon on the show, but that's just my opinion. Of course. Uh 
Ed Russia, Lunatic Extreme, those two guys to watch. Uh, they should be over here. Um, Ed Russia, Lunatic, and Sabrosa, and Lunatic Fly. These four guys, I know one American promoter is already looking at them. Um, it's not Kevin Brennan. <laughs> I know someone else is looking at bringing some of them guys over. They should. Give them a chance. These are the young guys that usually are in Eclipse that are fucking killing each other, doing the back flips and into the dirt and the little crazy light tube shots. Uh, they teamed up with Ovid to defeat Mimo Romero, Shiro Khan, and Tormento. Uh, Gallagher and Condor defeated Leon Rojo and the aforementioned piece of shit, Angel Aldimino. Lunatic Fly defeated Subordosis. And I'm sure that match was fucking nuts. Taxito defeated Demento Extreme, Rudy Gennaro, X-Fly, Freelance, and Epitofo to become the number one contender title. Uh, Draco defeated Leviathan to win the Zona 23 title. Joe Leader defeated Flystar at Ubuntu 2000. And then Sequel Play and Medeo defended GCW tag titles against Super Mega and Ultimo Gladiator. Pretty stacked card. Uh, you know, Joe Leader... The Los Perro, Super Mega, a lot of a lot of names that have been around for a while on the Deathmatch scene. Leviathan in this title. So looks like a really good card. Um, you know, check it out when it comes out. Packed house Definitely, as well. Yeah. From all the photos I saw, it looked like they I mean, yeah. I'm so bad at judging crowd size, but um you know, I it was, was a lot like, of people. I heard there was like almost six hundred people there. Yeah, I would say say I was yeah. gonna say a thousand. I'm terrible at um, maybe. <laughs> Yeah, whenever I, more, I know somewhere's online, somebody said it. Whenever right. I'm like, boy, there's like 3,000 people. It's like, no, there's 700. Oh, okay. Like, I'm so bad at judging crowd sizes. Um, no one else is really Rancho. The only other big thing was uh, Mimidale and uh, Sequel Play headlined the AAA show and defeated uh, Joe Leader and Pagano. It was actually a pretty big show, too. They headlined it. So that was pretty cool to see that, uh, you know, those guys uh, were out uh, doing stuff like that. I'm going to pull up the show real quick, actually. I think it was a pretty well-attended show. It was one of their, their heavy-duty shows. Not the big, big ones, but it was one of the fairly big ones. And to see them, uh, you know, headline it is absolutely awesome. Yeah, AAA ran the... Do-do-do-do-do... Sorry, I got this fucking laptop on me. And it's not. It's hard to do it in bed. <laughs> I got it right here. I got it too. Here okay, we go. Cool. It was on Twitch TV. It was live on Twitch TV. It was a uh, Lucha Libre Worldwide. It was the Conquistica Tote Guerra 2019. Uh, let's see. You know the undercard. Well, I have. Well, let's we'll put it in aspect. Uh, the semi-main event featured Doctor Wagner Jr., uh, Psycho King. Monster Clown, those are huge, huge names. Uh, and El, Tex El Tejano. Uh, Murder Clown was on the undercard. Averno was on the undercard. These are big names. Uh, Drago. And they were in the main event. Uh, they defeated Joe Leader and Pagano. So that's pretty impressive that they uh, they were booked over Dr. Wagner Jr., who's a living legend in Lucha. And, uh, it looked like the place was packed. I would say this was like a four or 5,000 people in the arena for this show. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, I think it's awesome that they were able to, I mean, you know, for them to, um, as I said, you know, I was able to talk to them when I was in uh, Tokyo, and they were just so excited to be in AAA. They were so excited. They were like, dude, the money is good. The people, you know, the management likes us. So 
good for them. I really want to see them succeed. I mean, they're just like awesome guys and great wrestlers, and you know they 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 rep the deathmatch style, you know, like nobody else. I I, I could see them becoming a Triple A tag team champions. I mean, if they're headlining shows, I mean that's that's huge. That they're over Dr. Wagner Jr. I mean, Dr. Wagner Jr. is a huge name. Yeah. And Lucha Libre. And the fact that they're over him in, in Psycho Clown, too, and Murder Clown. These are, you know, these are big, big names. Psycho Clown is a, is a big name. Yeah. Um, he, he, him, he's been a, you know, main event of three of the last four Triple Manias. Yeah. Um, one so, other thing I want to say about their visa situation, um, just because people keep on asking... They're trying, guys. They have active visa applications. They're running through the ringer, and then the government shut down for a, for a month. So, but I mean, GCW's busting ass to get those guys back in. It's just a process. That's all. And you know, if you're from Japan, it's a lot easier than coming from Mexico right now because of the way the situation is at the moment. So, uh, just bless your new Japan. Yeah. Uh, they got fucked on their shows. Yeah, that um me and my buddy went over that on our show. I think that's really shitty of uh of the company to still carry on those shows and charge people a hundred bucks for main event or for front row tickets to garbage shows. But anyway. I don't know if they're garbage, but I think they should give them a discount. Um well it's not garbage, but when you buy a new Japan, when you buy a hundred a hundred fucking talent. dollars for a main event I mean, dude, the Joey Janela spring break front row seats are a hundred dollars and you're getting onita and all of these guys at the biggest show at, at fucking mania weekend these are a hundred dollar a ticket show shows in uh nashville or whatever to see juice robinson in the main event get the fuck out of my face new japan should be issuing refunds or giving merchandise vouchers or something but these shows are not worth a hundred a uh, hundred dollars and they pre-sold out those shows with these fans anticipating japanese talent no, like I think juice? it's shitty. Huh? You don't like the juice? <laughs> I'm, he's cool and everything. I met the dude. He's a really nice guy. He's really big in person, but I'm not paying $100 to watch him wrestle fucking Chuck E.T., okay? Yeah. And I, if, well, I if I were those fans, I'd, I'd start a riot and be like, you owe me 50 bucks, man. But whatever. I guess I I'm agree. just an they asshole. Should, they should, uh, I think they should give discounts. I mean, there's still okay cards to go see. But I think they should definitely give discounts without a doubt. They're, dude, they're like a Ring of Honor B-loop show. With I mean, it's all like L.A. Dojo yeah. guys and, you know, da- you know Dave Finley, which I, he, he's a cool guy. But, in dude, Dave Finley is a jobber. He's a New Japan jobber. He's a tag team fall guy. Yeah. And I hate those fucking do- – and I'm not, you know, sticking up for the car because I agree with you 100%. But I watched – Ring around over the weekend because they ran three shows in Texas. Those fucking dojo guys are amazing. They're going to be big stars. I watched three of their matches and I was really, really impressed with two of them. I think there's some guys that none of us have ever seen that are going to be really big, big stars down the road. But yes, I agree with you 100% on the pay. It's ridiculous to pay $100 for that. What about um. that that's for a different show. Anybody wants to hear me rant about it for 20 minutes, you can check out the re- the the wrestling bubble with my friend Adam. We talked about it for quite a while. Um, I sound really crusty. Um, let's stick with U.S. news before we get to Japan. Um, let's see. We got um, Adam Bueller. Um, he announced on Facebook. I don't know if you saw this, Mike. He announced on so Adam Bueller. He was a uh, 
He was a deathmatch guy who wrestled, uh, you know, in a lot of the Southern stuff. I think he was in a Carnage Cub. He wrestled for IWA Mid-South a, a, a bit. Um, he had to retire due to uh, diagnosed with cancer. And um, now he just revealed on Facebook that he uh, he's uh, HIV positive. So that's a big reason why he uh, retired from wrestling. And um, so wish him luck in his health, you know, health struggles. Uh, you know, he says he's... He's on the proper medication, so he'll be okay. But you know that's you know it's a it's a lifestyle changer for sure. Um, next up, we have the CZW Hall of Fame. Um, they're bringing in. Uh, they're going to be inducting B Boy, Messiah, Lufisto, and Sanjay Dutt. Um, the CZW Hall of Fame. I know a lot of people, Jacob, <clears throat> uh, lose their shit for no fucking reason, considering this is a a hall of fame in wrestling who cares but um i would say that these four guys are definitely uh represent you know guys and girls represent um a lot of the glory years of czw you know messiah when he left from xpw to czw that was a big deal you know he left xpw on very bad circumstances and he went into czw and he became a real hometown guy, really fast. He had awesome matches with you know Mondo and Justice Payne. He was involved in that Summer of Pain uh, four-way series that you know ate up the whole summer and was awesome. So Messiah's great. B Boy was a great talent who held the title for for a while and he was awesome. Lufisto broke so many doors as a women wrestler. Who all of the women that you see now doing death matches, I mean. They had to have been watching Lufisto growing up, and she, Absolutely. you know, she was a huge, huge part of the company. And um, Sanjay J. Dutt, I mean, he was the junior division for years. Him and Ruckus, him and um, Chris Cash, I mean, he did insane shit in those fucking ladder matches. So Sanjay Dutt, I mean, the like this is easily the best group of guys to go in in a long, long time. Adam Flash is also being inducted. And Adam Flash. Okay, cool. So, um, I don't know. Do you have any thoughts about the CZW Hall of Fame? Because, you know, some people uh, like to cry and bitch and whine that, you know, well, Zandig's not 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 in it. Which I always got to say, what if he doesn't want to be in it? You know, Vince is very open that he doesn't want to be in the, the WWE Hall of Fame right now. You know, maybe Zandig doesn't want to be in it. Maybe Zandig... Zandig's got, you know, Zandig's laid up. Maybe he doesn't look like the Zandig that that fans are used to, and maybe he doesn't want to come out and be that 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 guy. But I mean, do you have any thoughts or comments about the CZW Hall of Fame? Um, I think it's a cool thing. Um, I, I think, like you said, they hit it on the head this year, um, especially with Messiah and Lefisto. Um, you know, Sanjay's good, and Adam Flash was involved in a lot of that summer angles, and he was around there for a while. Uh, and Sanjay was junior stuff. Obviously, B-Boy had those great series of matches with Drake Younger. He's always in the card. But, yeah, Lefisto, um, first woman in the cage of death, uh, just broke down barriers for people. Uh, so hard-hitting, wild, crazy death matches. Uh, that cage of death she did with Nick Gage, Lobo and Zandig, one of my favorites. Uh, you know, she was super hard-hitting. And Messiah, obviously, you know, had to run for years, champion. Uh, the whole HIV versus or the high five versus the CZW, uh, total uh, huge huge angle built into that 
crazy suspended double cage of death match. Uh, his feuds with uh, Nick Mondo, like you said, his feuds with Justice Payne were legendary. Um, you know, the whole crazy shit where he got his thumb cut off, supposedly Rob Black being involved. And, you know, it was such a time too where CZW was popular. And then XPW tried to come in and book, and they took over Philly for a little while. And, you know, it was just such a war. And Mastaya was just kind of on the front line of that and really became. Uh, CZW through and through. All right, cool. Yeah, um, yeah um, so cool. Um, are, are are there any other matches announced for that show as well? By the way, this is going to be on uh, February 9th, just to let people know. But uh, do yeah. they have any uh, matches announced? Yeah, they do. Uh, Mance Warner, I want to say Mance Warner, Jimmy Lloyd, Dan O'Hare, and somebody else. And then, uh, hold on a second, let me pull it Mar- up. Maria Manic actually, is going to be the fourth entrant in that. And then Trema and Casanova Valentine has been announced too for that show. One second, I'm walking through my house. It gets echoey. Um, I want to say one thing about that. Why the fuck are they doing a four way? Like you're you're burning three potential matches. All all three of those guys could be a one on one, and you can build it up and try to draw some money. But to just do a four way, I don't like multi man matches. I've said it five hundred times. I don't see see the point. How do you do a story? How do you Blah, 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 blah. But I think it's really short-sighted to just put put Mance, your brand-new champion, in his first defense against four, four, you know, three other top contenders. And um, the other thing about it is, as we said, CZW, one of the best years that I liked CZW was the year, I don't know what year it was, I think it was 2003 or four was the year that they did the Summer of Pain. Justice Pain versus, versus Flash, Mondo, Messiah that led to a four-way. That was four months of shows, and here, C- you know, and here, CCW is just running to the end zone. Yeah, Maria's not in the four-way. Uh, Maria's in a tag match. Uh, she's with Mitch Vallon against uh, Andon Kirk and and the, the other chick there. Uh, Connor Claxton's the other person in the four-way. Okay, I'm sorry then, but yeah, it's okay. And then Layla Hirsch is going to be taking on Lufisto. And then we have Matt Tremont and um, Hipster Heartthrob, Casanova Valentine. All right. Um, sounds like a cool show. Yeah, it's not a bad card. But uh, it looks like a couple ultraviolet matches and definitely not a, not a bad card. Yeah. Uh, also, Shane Strickland is going to be taking on Casey Navarro. And I forget who B-Boy is taking on. B-Boy is supposed to be taking on somebody, too. I know that they, uh, they announced it. Don't, don't see it here on Twitter. So yeah, it's not a not a bad card at all. Yeah, I still just stand by. I'm like, why are you just running through? Like, why are you? I don't get it. I I don't get it. Like, whatever. Um, sticking with Mance Warner, he's debuting in MLW this Saturday at the MLW Super Fight card, which that's gonna be a badass show. If you if you have ever seen one MLW show, you gotta watch this show. Tom Lawler versus Loki debut of Mance Warner. Um, but uh, what do you think of Mance Warner in MLW? Well, I think it's awesome. I think he's a guy who should be in MLW, or I've still been saying forever he should be in Ring of Honor and he should be the Briscoes' cousin. I think that'd be money. But I think it's great. Um, I, I enjoy MLW. Um, I, they're constantly bringing in new people. Um, they've had some cool stuff. PCO and LaParca was amazing. Uh, LaParca and Sammy Culhane was good. Uh, you know, they've done a lot of cool stuff there. Uh, you know, Loki is it's amazing. Loki is still behaving, and he's a champion. 
He's actually behaved for about six months. <laughs> hasn't been a normal Loki where well, he just he leaves their fucking. So, well, of course. I mean, he hasn't they, lost yet. You're right. They're, oh. they're, they're actually touting that, you know, you know, he was in the original MLW back in 2002 uh, two, two and three and four or whatever the dates were. And they're touting that he's never lost a match in MLW ever. I'm just like, this guy's a baby, but whatever. Yeah. So. Yeah, he was he was in the original MLW towards the end of it. Yeah. Towards the end. So but, uh, um Yeah. What's that? Oh nothing. I just got some you know, just got more topics, that's all. I know they just put him against Conan too, which didn't really fascinate me too awful much. It uh, well it was it was just a big angle match. You know, it, it wasn't a match yeah. match, it was just an angle. It was kinda of like a brawl there in the ring. Well yeah. they had an actual match match. It was just more of a like brawl outside the ring. Yeah. But uh, when they first started out, too, Janela was there. When they restarted out, Darby Allen and Jimmy Havoc, so that's the Brody King. So a lot of the guys have obviously signed and went into other promotions. But, uh, you know, Pentagon and Phoenix have been there since they relapsed. Riddell was there before he left. So yeah, they've been doing a lot of uh, a lot of cool stuff. And Loki has lost in MLW. Homicide pinned him in the the, the second to last show. I just know in the uh, in the previews for the fight they 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 had they that 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 tagline. They're like low key yeah, undefeated in MLW. January ninth, two thousand four, in Orlando. Homicide yeah. pinned. Him. I thought he did because that's where the angle they turned on Gary Hart after. Yeah. The late Gary Hart. Yeah. So they lied. <laughs> cool. Um. Couple other little American notes. Marcus Crane, he had a surgery to remove a cyst. That's why he's had this bandana on his head. He apparently has cyst on his forehead. So wish him a speedy recovery on that one. Yeah. Um, and then one other note that I wasn't even going to bring up until I saw this little note. Um, so it's looking like Dean Ambrose is leaving WWE after WrestleMania. Um, Dean Just Ambrose. Saw that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Dean Ambrose was John Moxley in CZW. He wrestled in a couple of the TODs. I think I'm pretty sure he was on a IWA King of the Death match at one point. Um, uh, you know, he had an awesome. Huh? He was on one of the Prince shows. Okay, cool. Yeah, he had an awesome three way death match with uh, Drake Younger and Nick Gage. Um, so you know, he's he's done death matches and stuff. And um, he made a comment in some shoot interview that someone dug up on Twitter. Uh, where he, it was after he signed, he gave an, an interview in that little, that limbo period when he, when he was finishing up dates where he goes, where he said, well, one day I'm going to leave WWE one day. And when that day comes, I do want to have one more death match. Right. Uh, what do you think? And, and another thing he said over and over was that Nick Gage was one of his favorite opponents and he was always sad. He never had a no rope barbed wire match against Nick Gage. So I'm thinking Joey Janela Spring Break Four, Nick Gage against John Moxley. There you go, there you go. That would be uh, that would be crazy, absolutely crazy. I mean Moxley had a quite a feud uh, back in CZW in a day. I could see those guys, uh, you know, being if like AEW or somebody like that doesn't grab him up. Yeah, or New sure. Japan. Or, you know, he's going to obviously be one of the biggest free agents in a long time. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, going into wrestling. So, uh, I think it's cool. Uh, we'll definitely have to uh, 
to see what comes out. Yeah, he had some awesome death matches with uh, Younger. Him and Brain Damage. Remember him and Brain Damage and Brain Damage cutting him with the fucking Sawzall? Mm-hmm. Which is one of definitely like the the big... Whenever they do a CZW TOD highlight reel, that's one of the ones they pick is them using the that, that Sawzall. You know, he did have a no rope barbed wire match with Nick Cage at Deja Vu 5. Okay, I just know in one of the... Um, in one of the shoot interviews, he talked about how he, you know, that was like one of the matches he always wanted to do, but maybe that was before then. Could be. Yeah, it was at that Massachusetts show, was that crazy show where they did uh, they did like a one-off in Mass, and uh, Lucky 13 and Danny Havoc had that nuts uh, light tube match right before it. But it'd be awesome to see him in GCW and him engage. It'd be awesome. You know, I'd be awesome to see Gage in AEW. I mean, it'd be awesome to see Gage know. most anywhere. I mean, but, Gage, you know, I do want to see him fix his knee. That's all, you know, above all else. But, yeah, I mean, Gage is, they always talk about, you know, Gage has the the, the aura that not many people have. So, um, real quick, I want to go over a couple of UK notes. Uh, I want to say one thing. Big Joe, uh, fan, you know, friend of the show, he's uh, he's the uh, the Rise Hardcore Champion. And they've been doing a, 24, a 24-7 rule uh, gimmick, and so there, if, if you go to the Rise Facebook page or the Rise uh, page on YouTube, they've been posting clips of them um, having matches in like McDonald's and gas stations and wrestlers attacking him on the street, and it's so funny. The McDonald's video, he walks into the M- McDonald's in his, you know, his button-up and his, his tidy-whitey shorts, and he just goes... Joe Hungry, and I don't know why, but it cracked me up fucking hard. But the 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 attacker brought in a chair, beat Joe beat Joe down, gave him a slam on the concrete. Joe reversed a, a suplex into a D, uh, DDT and sent the guy packing. But apparently McDonald's called the cops on him, uh, so I don't know how long they're going to be doing this twenty four seven hardcore thing. But um, of all the companies in the UK, I watch Rise because it's fun, man. It's just a really fun show. Uh, whenever I, I, I catch the, those clips, the fans are drunk. The wrestlers are probably drunk. It just looks like a really fun show. So if you want to see just some fun wrestling, check out Rise, definitely. Um, and then uh, there's going to be a deathmatch tournament. We haven't really talked about it much because um, I've just been busy with everything. It's hard to get everything down. But if you want to go over, what is this deathmatch tournament coming up? It's uh, the DOA tournament. It's on January 31st. Okay. TNT Extreme. We've talked about that. Uh, Drew Parker versus Clint Majera in a drawing pins death match. Mikey Whiplash, guy who I like a lot, versus Chris Ridgeway in a fans bring the weapons match. HR Drake versus Jack Jester in a Lego death match. And Rory Coyle versus Jimmy Havoc in a home appliance death match. Uh, the semifinals will be Four Corners of Pain and Barbed Wire Tables. And the finals will be a surprise extreme death match. It's on the 31st of January in Liverpool. So, okay, um, yeah, and I'm going to try to do a little write-up on it in the newsletter here. i got a lot of stuff to do, but anyway. Um, so, okay, one, one more thing... I mean, I got, hold on, I, 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 I keep track of the topics we cover here. So let's move over to Japan, um, real quickly, so, uh, Junkasai, Junkasai had his return match, I know a lot of people were like, oh no, Junkasai's hurt, he's not gonna come to GCW, he was never gonna miss that show, um, but, um, 
Uh, so Jukasai, he had his return match on uh, the 27th here in Osaka. Um, he teamed up in the main event. He teamed, teamed up with... Let me get the exact uh, thing here because I want to make sure I got the exact right. Okay, so he teamed up with... Um, so it was Jukasai, Takeda, and Minoru Fujita defeated Mammoth, Sasaki, Kamui, and Toru, and Toru Sugira in a barbed wire and alpha street, uh, street fight death match in Osaka. Um... I think uh, they had, like, bamboo skewer boards and a couple other things and stuff. Um, Toru Sugiera, um, he's a wrestler that I personally like. Whenever I go to shows, he's always so nice to me. He's such a cool guy. He's a really good wrestler, and he's starting to promote his own shows with free, uh, the Freedom's Talent and stuff. And it's always really interesting when he goes out and does these death matches. So I just want to say that, um, you know, I don't, I'm not trying to say that he should do more of them, but it is fun when he does it. After the match, you know, kind of interesting challenge, Cam we um, challenged Kasai to a title match. Now, Cam uh, we's not a top guy or anything. He is an Osaka homeboy. Uh, so uh, they're going to hold a, a show in Osaka on March 27th, I believe, and it's looking like Kasai is going to defend the Freedoms title against Kamui uh, at that show, which is a bit um, odd as Kamui's not a, a deathmatch guy. He's done, like, hardcore stuff. He's had a deathmatch here or there in the past when they needed a guy to fill out a, a tournament when they were doing the pain limit tournament, but um, he's not a, a deathmatch guy, so it's really interesting that um, they're going to have a KFC title defense not in Tokyo and not with a deathmatch guy. So that's kind of interesting. So it's so it's looking like that's going to be the next um, uh, challenger for the for Kasai's title, um, and then um, they're going to run a uh, Kurokin Hall show on March thirty first. So to build into that, on January thirtieth, which is today, they're going to be running a Shinkiba show, and the main event of that is going to be uh, Kasai and Takashi Sasaki against Kenji. Fukumoto and then Sakuda. He is the big, the big Japan deathmatch young boy. This dude loves deathmatches. He actively went to the big Japan office and said, "Let me wrestle Freedoms." They were trying to work it out last year and it didn't happen, but this year it, it's looking like it's going to happen. Um, he laid down the, the gauntlet to Kasai after the January third show. If I was going to guess. I would say that uh, the March 31st uh, Kurokin Hall show, which I'm going to go to, is going to be main evented with Kasai against Sakuda, which is, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's a, a new match. Nobody thinks that he's going to win, but it's a new match. It's a young boy able to get that rub and get that shine. So that's just a match I'm a little bit, um, you know, I'm kind of into that match right uh, right now. But Onita coming over to GCW, that is uh, that is definitely on. Um, I don't know if you have any comments about that. I got a quick question, actually. Yeah. Uh, the Freedom Show you were just talking about, mm -hmm. uh, Fukimoto wrestled uh, Tomoya Harate. What is a TGC deathmatch? Um, if I was going to take a guess, so it's table, gadgets, and chairs. So the gadgets were probably the um, uh, uh, the uh, the gusset plate, which they actually call it. They they call them gadgets. I'm I'm looking at the result here. He won with a gadget plate assisted kabaho. So I always won. I always thought that gadget was kind of like a word that they used as like kind of like alpha, 
But it's looking like gadget specifically means gusset. Maybe it's like a Japanese pronunciation of it. Gotcha. So yeah, so yeah, Fukumoto defeated Tomoya Hirata. Um, I'm sure that was a bloodbath because he he can't keep a blade away from his face, man. He loves bleeding like a stuck pig. Let's see. Um, and then um, the only other Japanese news I got is um, oh no, I got a couple more actually. Uh, Takashi Sasaki, or I'm sorry, Takashi Masaya Takahashi defeated Isami Kodaka on January 27th uh, to defend the the uh, the Big Japan Deathmatch title. Um, this was a cage match where they had you know they had the light tubes on the ropes and then they have that uh, uh, shark cage kind of thing. Um, not the best match. They really just ran through it. This was like a spot show. It was only about 280 people in the crowd. It was just kind of a spot show. And it makes me wonder, I kind of wanted to run this by you, because I talked about it last show, but Shaheen doesn't follow Japanese stuff, so he couldn't really comment on it. But um, it seems like they're running Takahashi through the roster really fast. You know, like, he's had three deathmatch defenses in, in, in one month's time. Um, and, um, uh, the, you know, he's defeated uh, Tsukamoto, Ito, and now... Hodaka, and then we've got the Ikitosin start um, coming up soon, which we're going to talk about. I imagine that they're trying to get Takahashi to defeat all the same guys Takeda did, and they're going to be building up to the rematch at May 5th between Takeda and Takahashi. That's my theory. Yeah, that's what it looks like. Um, it's quite strange that there's three defenses in a month. It's so uh, exactly, uh, I was thinking the same thing. I mean, that's, uh, that's like uh, BJW on steroids. They don't normally do that that many defenses that quick so yeah it looks like they're trying to uh put some bodies under uh takahashi so they can do him and takeda and uh in a big time rematch so um so that's what's going on in big japan i want to say one other thing about that cage that cage fucking sucks um if you watch the match man that cage has been through better days it's barely standing i mean it's it's bent and mangled and just all kind of messed up but i wanted to bring up a, a thing i always talk about how the first time you see a gimmick is usually like the most dangerous time that you see a, see a gimmick. Like the first time you see a scissor board, they're taking flat back bumps on it. Now they try not to use it. You know, they, they, they smoke and mirrors it a, a little bit. And when they first used the cage, I, I remember that there was a spot they did where they locked a guy inside the cage. And then they took a giant light tube bundle and they smacked the cage. And so the, 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 the light tubes shattered into shards and the shards flew through the cage and, and cut the guy up. They've never done that since. So I imagine that was a really bad idea of a spot, I'm guessing. But um, that cage yeah. needs to be retired. Um, yeah, it's, it's war-torn. Yeah. Um, next thing, uh, the Ikitosin is going to be starting up. Let me get the exact date. Um... Okay, I gotta I gotta go and get the exact date. But um, the Ikitosin, that's the Big Japan. It's kind of like their G one. They get twelve guys and they put them into two blocks and they have round round robin matches all through uh, late March and April usually. And then the winner of the tournament goes on to face the deathmatch champion on May fifth, which is uh the Yokohama show. Um, so I just kind of thought we could go over this like um. So they've got to fill up twelve guys. And right now, I can already say like who's not going to be in it. So it's probably you're probably not going to see Numazawa or Kobayashi, 
Ito probably is not going to be in it. He wasn't in the tw- or what I I don't think he was in the 2017. I would need to bring it up. But um so I just kind of thought like uh so they've got 12 spots. So let's go through and fill it up. Who do you think could be in here? Um Tanahashi Takata. Well, actually, so Takahashi will not be in it. Oh, he's he's a champion. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Takata. Uh, Yuki. Uh, Sakoto, who we just talked about, the younger guy. Um, probably Miyamoto. Uh, Tuskamoto. Hoshina. We'll probably bring over Fakimoto. Oh, how many guys is that? <laughs> That's six. That's what I mean. Like, six when I was doing the math on this, I'm like, man, uh, they're going to have to really reach out. Sakin will Sakin. probably be in it. Uda, the strong style guy that switched over. Oh, okay, yeah, Udo, Udo yeah, okay. They'll probably, bring in, they'll probably bring in the guy from DDT, the D-Tag League. Yeah. Uh, Mogamo, mm-hmm. uh, Mino Fujito. Fujita, Fujito yeah. will be in it. Uh, so we're up to about nine. Um... Maybe Ido. Maybe he'll be in it. Maybe. Uh, you said Kodaka's not going to be in it, right? Uh, Ko- uh, no, Kodaka could be in it, and that does bring us up to 12. So, yeah, it's looking like the new entrant could be Udo. Yeah, Udo coming in and making his little, uh, you know, you know, go 50-50 in the tournament and make his little stamp. So Cool. Um, it's okay, cool. So we've got the Ikitosen coming up. That's always a great thing. And um, usually you can follow that on the Big Japan uh, uh, YouTube channel. They usually upload most of the matches on that. So, uh, so that'll be really fun through March and April. Um, I want to go over a couple more Japanese notes. Um, Onita. Onita claims he needs a knee surgery bad. Um, he claims he's, he, he can't walk. I've heard from some guys in Japan that this is just Onita being Onita to drum up interest for a Stardom's Idol show that he was uh, promoting at Shinkiba. But um, by all indications, he's going to make it to the GCW show. But, you know, he's posting photos online of his, of his, his like, scarred-up knees, and they look really blown up. Like, they look really swollen and blown up. Um, he's posting pictures of himself in a wheelchair. Um, you know, Onita's 60. And he's still wrestling <laughs> to this day. He's still wrestling. So, um, but we'll see what happens with Onita. But I just kind of wanted to go over that. All right, and now we are joined by uh, a good friend of mine. I met this guy in Tokyo. His name's Joel. Uh, Joel is associated with uh, Melbourne Championship Wrestling. That's the, most people are going to know it as the company that Mad Dog works for. Um, Joel, if you want to say hi to people and let people know about you. Hey guys, uh, yeah, my name's Joel. I'm from Melbourne, Australia. Uh, I work for Melbourne City Wrestling, um, but I've been affiliated with uh, the Australian wrestling scene here uh, for almost two decades, um, and obviously a big fan of the hardcore and the deathmatch scene here. Yeah, Mad Dog's probably our biggest deathmatch export, but uh, it's very much a scene here, uh, and we're, we're trying to definitely grow it. Big fan of the podcast, uh, and, and kind of happy to help out and give you an update with everything that's going on down under. So yeah, um, so yeah, just so you know, we got Mike here on the line as well, Joel. I, I just want to let you know. <laughs> hey, so. Mike, good to good to hey. have a chat, brother. How are you? Cool. Yeah, good, man. Good. It is really, really hot here, so uh, it's uh, good to get into some air conditioning. Nice man, heavy on. Uh, 
in my hometown back in yeah. Ohio, it's literally colder than, than than Mars. It's wind chill of minus 60 Fahrenheit, which is like minus 55 Celsius. Oh, it's horrible. We, we got two feet of snow today. <laughs> in my house. It's, uh, it's, there, it's, it's, it's 35 degrees Celsius, which I think is just under 100. Oh, my and God. And rain. That's brutal. And the <laughs> rain. My God, man. That's got to be brutal. Yeah, it's real, real bad. So, um, well, okay, uh, Joel, so, um, I'm, you know, we're, we're, we're going to start having Joel on weekly probably to talk about Australia because Australia is like a burgeoning scene. You know, Mike's been going over results for a while, but Joel, if you want to just let people know, like, what is the deathmatch scene like down, uh, down there and what companies are doing them? Um, it, it's, it's constantly growing. The, the big problem we have here is with venues, um, because, because wrestling here was in its heyday in like the seventies and eighties, uh, with like dusty roads, the bushwhackers like that, that Memphis style of brawl and that NWA style of wrestling is what a lot of these venue owners who are now in their fifties and sixties know, uh, it's really hard for companies to constantly do death matches because what happens is we end up burning venues. Um, and it's, it's hard to do them constantly. But we have had exports come out here and do really, really well. Uh, Madman Pondo was a regular out here in kind of the mid-2000s, um, which kind of uh, got Mad Dog uh, over to Japan for the first time and kind of started that. Um, we've had Junkasai come over uh, before. Jimmy Havoc is a regular here and always does death matches when he's here. Uh, and obviously, as Stephen, you and I have spoken about, for 2019, the goal is definitely to get more people uh, to Australia to do stuff like this. Well, okay, cool. So, um, real quick, so we'll just get started. You know, um, so like we said, I want to make this a weekly thing because there's so much going on. So, what's the news of the past week or so? Um, so, so kind of the big thing in terms of hardcore and deathmatch stuff uh, is Jimmy Havoc did the Fight Club Pro Show and the Big Japan Tour at the start of the year and then immediately flew to Australia. Um, so he's been here since, like, well, he, he's only just went home last week, but uh, he's been here since the 10th of January. So he was able to do three or four really, really good shows. Uh, I'm just taking down the notes and the dates now so I can kind of point everyone in the direction of where to catch them. Um, but uh, did a circuit of like four or five shows uh, and really had his working boots on this tour. Um, Jimmy's obviously one of the hotter deathmatch guys out of Europe at the moment. Had a really good showing uh, at Big Japan and obviously doing Death House 3 uh, with Takeda as a last-minute replacement for Kasai and Karakuen. Um, you'd think he'd be a little bit uh, worn down, but uh, worked his absolute ass off here uh, and was able to kind of put together a couple of dream matches. Uh, and it was a breakout show for a couple of our guys as well. Um, so, yeah, he, he did really, really well and has obviously just gone hard. Cool. And what is, um, what are, so when people think of death matches in Australia, they think of like, you know, obviously, uh, you know, Mad Dog, but you've also, you know, you've brought in like Ken Shamrock and a couple other bigger guys, right? Well, like we, uh, Australia has lots and lots of fly-ins. Like the problem is we're so goddamn isolated. Um, like it's a 10 hour flight to Tokyo, 15 hours to LA and, and like 24 to the United Kingdom. 
So the ability to bring guys in is like a really, really big deal. So a lot of our stuff is like uh, homegrown content. Like um, we've done lots of no rope barbed wire matches and stuff like that. Like tubes have always been pretty taboo, but we've started doing them more in like the last five or six years. Mad Dog is definitely kind of the standard bearer in terms of deathmatch stuff, um, uh, especially with global exposure. But there's guys like Cracker Jack, uh, who's been doing deathmatches in Australia for 20 years, but like largely unknown outside of Australia, but has had like had a really amazing series of matches with Necro Butcher because uh, he came to Australia a few years ago. Uh, and him and Mad Dog have worked each other like literally 100 times in pretty much every match you can think of. Um, but there, there are guys almost in every state in Australia uh, who are big fans of death matches and try and do them and try and kind of uh, continue the narrative and force the narrative in terms of improving deathmatch wrestling here. I know Vixen's been getting a lot of uh, press lately too out of uh, Australia for her death matches. Well, that's it. Vixen's kind of the other one. So Vixen and Mad Dog are partners and um, they they work against each other a lot in like a whole bunch of intergender death matches. Uh, a couple of years ago, Vix has just returned from a, a really bad shoulder injury, um, but was working for Diana uh, and was meant to do a barbed wire board match with uh, Kyoko Inoue, uh, but had to pull out due to a shoulder injury. So like she's getting a bit more of that international recognition as well. But, but again, to like get over to the East Coast and do like some of the women's deathmatch shows, like H2O and what Tremont are putting on, like it's a 24-hour flight. It's um, it, it's just really, really tough for us to kind of get over there and get that kind of exposure when we're largely an unknown entity. One thing I was curious, this is, I I've got one more 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 question. Then Mike, if you want to ask a few, go ahead. But um, I yo, I'm curious, what is the actual legal regulations? Because I know you know you guys have like six to eight provinces or states or however you guys divvy up the different parts of the country. Like, what is the regulation? If you want to run a deathmatch show, is it easier in Queensland than it is here? Is it, like, how do you get the weapons? Because I know, you know, in the UK, Big Joe's told me, he's like, the hardest thing that they have is, just, is like, just getting the weapons. You know, finding light tubes is really hard. Um, I wouldn't say finding light tubes is difficult and, like, like uh, getting the weapons is tough. Um, the big thing, like I said, is getting a venue to let you do it and then let you come back because, like, we're, we've run, like I said, like, we've done no rope barbed wire, 40,000 reigning thumbtack kind of timed uh, double hell death matches, but, and we drew, like, 1,100 people. This is back in 2002. We drew 1,100 people to that show, but we burnt the venue when they never let wrestling go back. Um, a lot of the councils put wrestling in, like, the martial arts and kickboxing and MMA, kind of thing because MMA is uh, quite a big thing here so if the venue gets their nose in it uh, it's really really difficult to, to kind of do those kind of shows but if the venue doesn't care uh, Australia doesn't have like like we, like we don't have a, a commission um, like you do in the states like uh, obviously uh, every uh, has a, every state has a different wrestling commission here it's it's very much the wild west with what you can and can't get away with. It's just, you know, we can run like a, a workers hall or like your version of like an Elks Lodge or a Masonic Center. But if the 60-year-old guy sees people bleeding all over the floor and smashing glass in his building, they're unlikely they'll let us book that venue again. So, uh, so okay, Mike, if you want to uh, um, take over, go ahead. Oh, Mike, be, uh, Mike might be dealing with uh, a nurse at the moment, actually. 
It's okay, cool. Well, That's okay. not a problem. Yeah, of course, yeah. So, um, well, I was curious, you know, so what, um, it's really interesting to me. So, MCW is actually part of this umbrella, right, where you have a couple companies under them, right? So, we have, so we have Melbourne City Wrestling. Uh, we've been around shit. I think it's now eight years. Um, and without kind of tooting our own horn, we're kind of the standard bearer here in Australia. There are other companies like we, that, that we have amazing working relationships with, like uh, PWA in Sydney, which is Robbie Eagles on promotion. Everyone would know Robbie from New Japan at the moment, PWG, obviously, stuff like that. We have Wrestle Rampage in Adelaide, um, which is Jonah Rock's home promotion. Again, you know him from like Noah and PWG. Uh, and he's uh, it's actually his last weekend wrestling in Australia this weekend before he uh, goes to the performance center for WWE. Um, and we have EPW over in Perth, uh, which is the equivalent of uh, New York to Los Angeles away. It's like a five-hour flight, um, which uh, has a really amazing breed of guys as well. That's where the mighty came from, Shane Thorne and uh, what's his name, Nick Miller uh, came from. So, like, well, we, we have a lot of sister promotions, but the one that's mostly deathmatch-focused is still here in Melbourne called Wrestle Rock which is kind of a throwback to, like, the old 80s rock and wrestling with a modern spin. So a band will usually bookend the wrestling. Usually we have about an hour of rock or metal. Fans come in, heavy boost. Late show, too. The wrestling doesn't go on till about 10.30 local time. So fans party for an hour. We put on a five- or six-match show. The band comes back out, and we party some more. Um, but there's no seating, standing room only, over-18 show uh, at one of the most iconic music venues in Australia. So they're, they're one of those venues who are very okay with us doing essentially whatever we want in terms of deathmatch wrestling. Um, and we've pushed the envelope there quite a lot recently. So um, I'm still yeah, guessing, uh, like, no fire and again. stuff, right? Well, for a really long time, the rule was no glass, no fire. Um, just because of the unpredictability and the fans are quite close. Um, we have done fire at shows before. Uh, we haven't done it at the corner hotel. Uh, glass is fine. Uh, but yeah, the main one is no fire just for the unpredictability. Um, and the, the legality, because anytime we go to use fire, we then kind of fall into the pyrotechnic category where you got to call the fire brigade and you got to let the police know and, you know, and you got to have paramedics on site. And all of that stuff gets really expensive really quickly. Yeah. Um, I think we got Mike back on the line, right? Oh, yes. Sorry. So, yeah, so Welcome Mike, if you, wanna, if you want to go ahead and uh, ask a few. Sure. Um, you talked about the, the Wrestle Rock. The match that Jimmy Havoc just had with Mad Marty McCray, McCray, will that be available online? Yeah, most definitely. I think it's already up on uh, MCW Encore. Um, okay. which is uh, MCW's uh, on-demand service. They've got, uh, through, through what I was talking about way away, Mike, uh, the, the relationships we have with other promotions, we have a lot of content up there that isn't just MCW and isn't just Wrestle Rock. Um, one of the, the deals we've just cut is kind of the, the front-runner for deathmatch wrestling in Australia for a lot of years was PWA, the Professional Wrestling Alliance, and they did uh, a lot of deathmatches over their three or four years that they were around, a lot of neuro barbed wire matches, um, a lot of things that have kind of gimmicky games but break down. So they did a the what's called a theater of pain match, which was essentially about 120 light tubes and about seven panes of glass uh, and a bit of fire as well. It was crazy. Um, but all that content is going to be up on MCW One Core in the next uh, six weeks or so as well. Um, so there is quite a lot of hardcore and deathmatch content on there. Excuse me. Hold on, sorry. Cletus. Wait, sorry. Can you spell that? It's MCW what? 
Encore. So think of like an Encore presentation when oh, they put I see. the pay-per-view on so the next morning. E-N-C-O-R-E. E-N-C-O-R-E. Yeah, it's through the Vimeo platform, I believe. Okay. Um, but yeah, MCW Encore. So that event's up. Uh, otherwise, you can do a subscription like uh, every other promotion's doing at the moment. That's awesome. Okay. All right. I'm, I'm sorry. Sorry, Mike. Go ahead. No problem. I know BCW has been involved for bringing in a lot of stars, too. I know Mad Dog took on Mil Mortress. I know Rob Van Dam and Sabu came down there. Uh, I know they do some hardcore stuff there, too. Is that one of the premier promotions uh, going down there right now in uh, Australia? So BCW Battle Championship Wrestling is, yeah, based out of Melbourne uh, as well. Um, and they're, they're very much pushing the narrative uh, in terms of deathmatch wrestling and like uh, Mad Dog, I'm pretty sure is their heavyweight champion at the moment. Uh, he may have just put the belt down, um, but to my knowledge, he's heavyweight champion. Um, and, and yeah, like he's done a couple of deathmatches. Like I said, he, he worked the uh, mill from Lucha Underground. Uh, his match with uh, Sabu especially was really, really good. Uh, a lot of the Sabu evolved. Like Sabu's work great uh, on that tour because a lot of the guys who came out, it was like an ECW nostalgia tour. Um, a lot of the guys didn't necessarily have their working boots on. Like, Shane Douglas worked hard, but he's obviously at this point in his career a little bit limited. Uh, RVD worked really, really hard, as he always does. But very much the Sabu evolved against Mad Dog. And uh, I know, absolutely, like, Mad Dog's a good friend. Uh, takes a lot of inspiration from Sabu and the way he puts his matches together. So they worked really, really hard together. But uh, BCW were the ones who put on the Junkers Sai Mad Dog match yep. uh, from about, it would have been about 18 months ago now. Mm-hmm. Um, the big problem with BCW is they don't get the footage out. Um, so it's kind of tough to kind of uh, take in these matches from afar. Okay. Um, I'm just curious, too, with Mad Dog. Um, he wrestled a match last November for New Valhalla Wrestling, and it was yes. called a Holmgana death match. What, what is that? They, they, they did it. I haven't seen the footage. I've only seen photos. It wasn't anything outside of, like, pushing the envelope a little bit more on your traditional hardcore. I think, like, they did this stuff with the scissors, like your normal stabby Abdullah the Butcher, Sabu kind of match, uh, almost like a Pogo-style match. I think they did a couple of barbed wire boards, and that was it. Then I know Mad Dog and uh, Gino Gambino did the death match in, uh, was it Tasmania? Correct. I uh, actually refereed that match uh, on a show called Night Massacre. Um, So in Tasmania back in July, you're right, um, they have a big festival called Dark Mofo. So it's a dark arts festival. They put uh, upside-down red crosses all over the city of Hobart. Um, it's pouring rain. It's about 6 degrees Celsius, so about 40 degrees Fahrenheit. Uh, it's really, really cool atmosphere, and they wrestled about in front of about 700 people. And, yeah, they, they did a, essentially what was a dark mofo death match. So, obviously, the upside-down cross was the symbol of the festival. So they did a, a gusset plate cross in one corner. Um, they did a upside-down barbed wire cross in the other corner. Um, and then there was a lot of loose barbed wire barbed wire bats, uh, scissors, spikes. Uh, it was a very, very bloody match. Uh, I believe, I, I know it's online. I'm pretty sure the whole show has been uploaded for free. Uh, yeah, Steven, yeah. if I can get the link, you can put it in the show notes. Um, yeah, please but do, yeah, please that, do. that was a really, really good death match because Gino is uh, probably like, uh, I'd put him and Jonah as kind of the two premier heavyweights. Uh, Gino is very well versed in hardcore and deathmatch stuff, but doesn't really step out to do it all that often anymore. Um, so it was really, really good to see him kind of go back to his roots. Like I said, it's a very, very bloody match. Yeah, I've actually got the article and that match on the deathmatch call. People go and look at it. Deathmatch oh, call amazing. page. Excellent. Yep, and we talked about this uh, quite a while ago, Stephen. If you remember the ta- the uh, Tasmania deathmatch, oh yeah, I sent you that article and we talked about it on one of the earlier shows. Yeah. Um, 
Now, is there any plans for running a Australian deathmatch tournament? There's a long answer and there's a short answer. The short answer is yes, there is. Um, there's always been a group trying to put it together. Um, in like there is enough local talent to put together a deathmatch tournament, uh, and that like the, that isn't the drama. Um, I think the way Australian wrestling is going in the last 18 months, um, we very much have the UK vibe from a couple of years ago. Um, where kind of, you know, everything they touch turned to gold. So I think the point now is, like, if we are going to put together a deathmatch tournament, um, we don't want to, I guess, for a better term, carnage cup it and set a ring up in a field and just kind of throw shit together and have everybody bleed. Like, if we want to do it, we, we want to do it really, really well, um, which then becomes the logistics of fly-ins. Uh, and bringing in kind of your premier deathmatch guys. Not everybody, like, admittedly, it'd probably only be an 8- to 12-man tournament. It wouldn't be a big two-day King of the Death kind of thing. Um, but we, we'd really want to have, like, the best deathmatch guys from Australia, but it'd be nice to kind of test our skills against, you know, your, your Takedas and whether it be your Masadas or your Slacks or your Nikages, that kind of thing as well. Um, so it's definitely in the works. Um seasonality becomes a problem here because that kind of thing like if you do it indoors you're gonna make a giant fucking mess so you're kind of limited in what you can do doing it outside we don't really have a great deal of fairgrounds and stuff to be able to do it outside properly uh or a lot of private property to be able to do kind of the czw thing um so logistically finding a venue is kind of the toughest thing um but yeah the short answer is yes we're definitely looking at it okay cool that would definitely be something cool to see like i said you've got guys like cracker jack and cletus Mad Dog McCray, guys who've been doing uh, death matches in Australia for quite a while, so it'd be cool to see them uh, get a forum. Yeah, I and, mean, uh, I mean, know, to me, I mean, out. me and Joel, we met back like uh, I don't know uh, over Christmas, basically, right? And um, yeah, you and me were talking, and um, there, like, there is so much wrestling down there that we don't know about. What do you think it is that, like, why do you think it doesn't travel so well? Because, like, the UK is really hot, you know, the, the, the Jimmy Havoc's on fire, you've got Will Osprey and stuff gaining a lot of ground. What is about Australia that there's a lot of wrestling, there's a big fan group, because when you go to Tokyo, half the fans are from there, but for some reason, the news doesn't really travel very far. Um, Like I said, it's 100% the isolation, like, even state to state. Australia is really isolated. Like our closest major city from Melbourne, where I am, which is in the, the southeast of the country, uh, is Launceston, which is a 50-minute flight over ocean or a 12-hour ferry, or Adelaide, which is a seven-and-a-half-hour drive or an hour flight. So, like, we're, we're very, very spread out as a country, which is why we've never had, like, a national promotion because the logistics of doing a national touring promotion it's just not feasible to either fly everyone everywhere or do those drives. Those drives are brutal. Um, now, obviously, with the, with the on-demand thing becoming more of a thing in wrestling, it is starting to travel a bit more. Um, like when we went to Tokyo, when I met you, Stephen, um, obviously all the MCW guys, we came in our, our, like our jackets and stuff. And we're recognized by not only other Australian fans, but people from the UK. Obviously, you knew who we were. Uh, and people from Japan as well. Um, so it's starting to get there, but it is very much just the isolation. Like, 
no one's going to ship. It's very, very tough to like ship DVDs out of Australia. This postage costs so much money. Like every promotion here is trying to cut deals with like high spots and RF video to be able to distribute. But because we don't have a lot of the name value of guys like Osprey and Jimmy Havoc, uh, as you mentioned, on every single show, like there's maybe three or four guys in Australia who are known on a national level, like your Adam Brooks, your, your Jonah Rock, uh, your Robbie Eagles, uh, and even Gino Gambino. Like that's really it in terms of like big international exposure. And then obviously we have the girls uh, who do all the shimmer and the rise and like obviously Tony Storms from Australia and all that kind of stuff. Um, it's, it's just tough. But like uh, one of the things I did want to mention, like talking about Jimmy's little deathmatch tour, PWA Australia did a show uh, called Diego's Last Show featuring Jimmy Havoc. Uh, one of the ring announcers is moving to the States uh, to join Takara. But the main event is one of the breakout guys. I think he'll be a breakout guy for 2019, Matty Wahlberg. Uh, him and Jimmy Havoc main event essentially in a death match. It's Wahlberg's first death match, and he really, really works hard with Jimmy. Lots of light tubes, lots of blood. It's very much a Jimmy Havoc death match. Um, but that, that's online for free. Do you know what I mean? They uploaded the entire show to YouTube because so had some production issues in the first half. So for people who kind of want to see what we're up to and like kind of how progressive we are with that match wrestling, it's a really, really good show. It goes on in front of about 500 people. The undercard is really solid. It's got Jonah's last match in Sydney and in PWA. Um, so like the undercard is really good in terms of independent wrestling. And then the main event is the blood and guts that we all love as well. Nice. Awesome. Okay, cool. Well, um, that's all I got. You know, I'm really excited. We're hoping to do more shows. So what, what, what we're looking to do, me and Mike, we want to start doing two or three shows a week and make them shorter. And I definitely want to be having yep. you on on like a regular basis to talk about results and exposure and all that type of stuff. Um, real quick, I wanted to get your comments on a couple of the news stories that we kind of uh, that we were kind of going over. Um, as you might know, you know, Carnage Cup is canceled. I don't know if you heard the news, but the Carnage Cup is canceled. Kevin Brennan burnt all of his bridges, and he can't find a building anymore. Um, I just want to know, you know, you've been watching Deathmatches for, like, forever. Um, do you have yeah. any comments about uh, the Carnage Cup and Kevin Brennan? Carnage Cup for me was always the best Deathmatch tournament that never amounted to anything. Like, some, some of the Carnage Cups um, were really, really good, and some of them were just dog shit awful. Like, I, I remember, like, I think the first one I saw before I, like, went back, I think Tremont had just started doing death matches. Um, it was when Spider Boudreaux and John Red did the first Saw match, and Boudreaux got stabbed in the arm with a box cutter. Um, like, that was a cool little death match tournament. Like, there are, there are big indie guys now, like Jocker and Dickinson, uh, open the show in a death match. Uh, you know, that, uh, Danny Havoc was doing really well, Devin Moore. Uh, I think Pinky won it that year. Like, and some of the gimmicks and some of the stuff they did was really progressive for the time. It wasn't just kind of the stereotypical ding, 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 let's swing light tubes till someone falls over, pin one, two, three. But the the, the fact that for, for all the good they were doing and all the unique stars, like, you know, John Rare was starting to get um, a, a little bit of, of traction. Spider Boudreaux was obviously getting enough traction to be able to do things like, I think he did Masters of Pain the year after um, the the Pondo tournament, the, the IWA East Coast tournament. They had guys that people cared about, um, and they were starting to put together some really progressive stuff. But the fact that, obviously, you know, politics uh, play a part, um, he's obviously like you just saw the tournament deteriorate in terms of uh, quality of talent, um, quality of wrestling as well. I think the last one I watched was where the guys were like entering, sliding down a mudslide field. I think it was the one where Schlack wrestled. I think Schlack did his eye like the week before TOD. 
Um, that was the last one I saw. And then the fact that it's canceled kind of sucks because they were doing stuff that nobody else was doing. But I mean, uh, you know, it's the wrestling business. It, it's, it's not, um, it's not a dick measuring contest or for whatever reason. Um, Brandon has burned his bridges that they can't make, uh, run that tournament anymore. It's a bit of a shame, but I'm sure somebody else, uh, is going to come to the party. Like H2O have been really, really good with their deathmatch stuff as of late. Uh, and obviously Tremont, the reputation of legacy he's put together, um, will easily be able to step up with his imagination and kind of take their place, at least I hope. Um, all right, cool. Um, and then, um, I don't know, is there, uh, Mike, is there anything else that you kind of wanted to go over with Joel? Well, no, no. First uh, time talking, I got a few questions out. I'm glad to have him on as part of the show. Yeah, yeah. We're we've been recording for two hours now, so we talked about everything already. But um, I, w- I was gonna say, Mike, what time is it where you are? Um, it's at ten o'clock at night. Ten o'clock a.m. or yeah. p.m. Yeah, p.m. Oh, okay, that's not too bad. Um, yeah, because yeah, like I'm t- I'm totally cool to jump on and have a chat. Uh, like, like I can jump on on my lunch break like I am now, like here at 10 past 2 in the afternoon. Uh, Stephen and I are on a similar timeline. I think it's a couple of hours difference. Yeah. Uh, but obviously I don't want, like, like when we said recording eight hours, Stephen, yeah, like that's when I get home from work. But obviously, Mike, you'd be uh, asleep. So it's, it's good to be able to jump on. And, yeah, just have, have a quick chat about it, about kind of the news and uh, obviously what's happening on this side of the planet, and just kind of the goings on. Uh, awesome. Staff match stuff, it's definitely something I'm keen on. Awesome. Are you on Twitter? Uh, I am, but I don't use it. Twitter's not really a thing here in Australia. Um, I'm on Instagram. That's kind of where I do most of my stuff. I, I kind of keep to myself in terms of being opinionated online. Uh, I will do more Twitter. Once I kind of start to, to do a bit more of it, I'll put some stuff up there. Um, if people want to chat Deathmatch Wrestling, yeah, hit me up on Instagram. Uh, the Smash Hit, all one word. Um, yeah, like uh, obviously, like I chatted to, to Brad Bahu, obviously off the back of the FMW series that you guys did. Uh, that was how I got to meet you, and, and now we're here. So... Uh, I'm all about networking and chatting with Deathmatch Wrestling and obviously trying to grow it uh, not only in Australia but all over the world. So, yeah, sure. Awesome. And, yeah, so, yeah, um, Joel's going to be coming on pretty regularly talking about what's going on in Australia, results, news, uh, you know, get his take on a couple topics. So, uh, Joel, thank you uh, thank you for coming on. Really great meeting you in Tokyo. I think I owe you, like, 50 beers because you paid for everything when we went out. <laughs> so thank you for that. And, um so cool. So that's about all we got. So thank you guys for listening. Um, I was gonna do my my plugs. Joel, I don't know if you got to go back to work or not. So I don't want to keep you, but I'm gonna no, do you're, my you're plugs. No, you're back. Sasha, your plugs, man. I got another twenty minutes, so like, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll let you get your plugs out, and then you can close out. All right, cool. So yeah, my plugs. You can find me on Twitter at intl wrestling. Got the deathmatch news. Uh, the deathmatch newsletter will be coming out in the next day or so. Find that indiewrestlingintl.wordpress.com. As always, I'm joined by Mike. Mike, where can people find you? You can find me at the Deathmatch Cult on Facebook. Um, obviously, I do the Deathmatch News with Steven. I also do the Kawasaki Dreaming Podcast with Bahu, uh, Bucky's Road Diaries, my friend Bucky Hans, where he goes to shows and we kind of deep dive into them. Uh, started the Combat Cult Podcast. I've recently started a 420. Uh, Metalhead Wrestling Podcast that kind of combines uh, I take requests and play different heavy metal songs in between uh, talking about different periods of wrestling and whatnot. And soon I'm going to be having a project coming out where we're going to be doing a deep dive into uh, different historical tournaments of Deathmatch Wrestling where we'll be talking to some of the competitors, promoters, uh, going in depth about the wrestlers in it, trying to get any stories behind the scenes, 
it's going to be a new project I'll be having coming out. So you can always catch me there. You can catch me on Instagram, Will Michaels, at 1879 at Death Met That's where I am. All right, awesome. Uh, and with that, we will see you guys later.